plots of land and the starry skies above. Don't fence me in. Let me ride through the wide open country that I love. Don't fence me in. Let me be by myself in the evening breeze. Listen to the murmur of the cottonwood trees. Send me off forever, but I ask you please. Don't fence me Everybody, good morning this morning. Everybody, good morning this morning. Good morning this morning. Good morning. Oh yes, good morning for crying out loud. Happy, happiness abounds. Oh yes, it was uh, lots of uh, things happened over the weekend that we uh, need to be very concerned about on a number of different levels, obviously. But I don't know. I just figure we're going to just get through all this eventually. That's kind of how things work and how things operate. And life is good. Back to shorts weather for a little while, which is fantastic. It's uh, good for me. I love that. I can't, uh, you know, listen, I, I have, I'm dragged kicking and screaming into wintertime. Fall's nice, but I kind of like fall in, when it's a little warmer. But I like the colors changing and all the beautiness of fall and all the you know, wonderment to fall, the occasional chilly night, whatever, but, to, you know, uh, closing the pool and doing all those kinds of things are very, very depressing people. And, well, not, I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not the kind of guy that gets depressed, so to speak, but, but I just don't like closing my pool. Uh, you know, I, I, I love putting up my Halloween decorations. I put all those up. I'll put those up on Facebook. I, I decorate the hell out of my yard, you know, 
on Halloween and on Christmas and that kind of thing. So I got all my Halloween decorations up, which was kind of fun, and uh, I love that. I st- you know, the kids are still at that age where they appreciate it. The girls do, but uh, I don't know. Turning 11, Natalie is, and 8, they still appreciate it. I don't think they understand just how amazing I am at, at it and, and what I do, but I th- I'm, I'm, pr- I'm one of the only houses on the block that ever even decorates anyway. So I, you know, even for Christmas, for that matter, I mean, people put up their wreaths and do all that kind of stuff and, you know, like a wreath on a door or something, but uh, they don't have 30 plastic lighted Santas and a plastic lighted baby Jesus and, and three plastic lighted Kings and plastic lighted donkeys and plastic lighted damned lambs and plastic lighted angels. They don't have any of that stuff. I wish they would. I wish we'd have kind of one of these contests or something, but we don't. Anyway, yeah. And so, um, yeah, a couple disappointing things happened over the weekend. Uh, obviously, we had the one, uh, and I'm talking about just in the in the culture, okay, disappointed. Then I'll get on to the, the other stuff because we know, obviously, the synagogue shooting was terrible. And they, they automatically blamed it on Trump, which is kind of weird. Uh, and, and then Trump was expected not to do anything after the synagogue bombing, like have a rally or anything like that. They always, they always want them to, to, to not have a rally after these things, whether it be a hurricane or whatever. When Obama can get out there and run his fat mouth all day long and Hillary Clinton can announce she's gonna, she wants to be the next president. But boy, Trump, you better keep your mouth shut because uh, the synagogue shooting. It's like, or, or is that or we're going to call you an anti-Semite, Semite, which is, by the way, what they did anyway. So at that point, if you're President Trump, you're like, all right, they're going to call me an anti-Semite and a racist and hold me responsible for the synagogue killing anyway. Why, why should I change my mode of operation? I'm going to get blamed no matter what. I mean, it, it doesn't matter what I say, what I do, what, what comes out of my mouth, what, 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 the, the, uh, any, any of the uh, – regardless of the fact that I have a Jewish grandson and a Jewish stepson and I, Israel loves me, but I'm still responsible for the killings and, and, the, and the guy didn't vote for me. He's a crazy Nazi. And the guy didn't even vote for me, but 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 still, it's it's my fault. So at that point, what the hell? Go to Murfreesboro, Illinois, and talk to the steel workers and tell them how important the midterms are, and screw it, because nobody's going to give you any credit anyway. At that point, screw it, President Trump. You don't have to worry about it. So and again, you have to say things about the killing. You have to do that kind of thing. But he but for him to do things just for optics purposes. Doesn't matter, shouldn't matter anymore, and he just needs to just throw caution to the wind and do what's right. And having his rallies yesterday was right. It's not a, it's not a big deal. What's at stake here in the in the November elections, big time, and uh, he can't forget that. And I'm glad he isn't. And he's supposed to be in Columbia on Thursday, so uh, in, in Columbia, Missouri, on Thursday. And was in Murfreesboro, Illinois, not too far from us uh, over the weekend. So we had that going for it. I have some highlights from that. And uh, then, of course, we, I, I was wrong on a couple of things, uh, first of all. First of all, I was wrong about the guy who was arrested on Friday who <laughs> – this guy couldn't have been like more of a textbook Trump clown. I mean it was just – it just is – you know, I, I put something out on Instagram – uh, on Friday, it's like, you know, um, vans down by the river are really pissed at this point because first we had the guy go up there from Illinois. He lived in his van 
he shot all those guys out on the on the baseball field. Then you have the, this guy living in his van, uh, and and he sends all these uh, bombs to, uh, or these so called bombs to uh, all these Democrats, and and so vans are like finally st- stating their case and saying, "Listen, stop using us to live in. You're giving us a bad name." But yeah, I was wrong about that guy. I thought there was no way this could possibly be. But then it turns out, though, he's a, a cartoon of a Trump supporter. He doesn't even have – this guy is, first of all, he's your textbook. I mean, it, it, did it surprise anybody that the guy, like, is a male dancer and a strip club dude and a steroid user and a – I mean, Lord have mercy. He couldn't have been just – and and by the way, I talked to Doug, Doug Giles over the weekend, and he was surprised this guy was able to even live in that area with the van like that because they don't allow – that's such an uppity area of Florida. They don't allow anybody to be running around looking like that without getting pulled over every five seconds. But anyway, that was uh, that was a surprise, and I was completely wrong about that. Uh, but but in, in a sense, kind of right in the sense that, that I knew it had to be somebody who – uh, wasn't serious it, it, because because when I said it, it had to be if, if it was if it was a conservative doing it, they had to be so stupid to think that somehow this was going to uh, wind up helping the cause because it it, it wouldn't and it, and and this guy apparently is this narcissist who doesn't give a rip anyway. This this is this wouldn't this doesn't help the the guy he's worshiping on his van. Doesn't help conservatives, or that's why it was so surprising to me that it could be somebody who's a Trump supporter because you had to follow the people who benefited from the, the most from this, and it was the it was the left and the Democrats who made hay out of it and managed to make themselves victims when they aren't. I mean, you still you I, no no mail bomb uh, outweighs the the bombs coming out of the mouths of uh, of Joe Biden. And Robert De Niro and Maxine Waters. I'm not saying they deserve to get bombs headed their way or mail bombs, but they've done far worse than send mail bombs to people. Uh, I mean, phony mail bombs. I mean, they've they've actually encouraged violence against Trump supporters. So I, I'm not quite sure uh, there's there's anything worse that could come out of the mouth of Maxine Waters. I love the joke over the weekend, though. It's pretty funny. It was making the rounds. I thought maybe Doug actually was the first one to to bring it up, but Doug was uh, he went he sent me a a meme, and I think he did go out over Twitter at one point that Elizabeth Warren received one one thousand twenty fourth of a bomb of a mail of a mail bomb. I thought that was that was pretty funny. Oh yeah, I know you're making fun of. Is it? Yeah, I am actually. Yes, I am. So fire me. Stacey Newman, get your get your brigade out there and 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 get me off the air. So anyway, then they had the uh, then then I was wrong about the World Series and and <laughs> the uh, the Boston Red Sox were clearly I mean sure there were some mistakes made on the part of the uh, L.A. Dodgers. I mean there was some base running stuff and that kind of thing, but the uh, the Boston Red Sox were clearly a superior team to. Los Angeles. I mean, I, I think most American League teams are superior to most National League teams anyway. That's just the way it is. But but, but it, the L.A. Dodgers, as good as they have been, when they were up against Boston, they looked like they were a college team. 
it was pretty amazing to, to to watch that. Although that one game where they gave up a four nothing lead, I mean that at that point you do not deserve to to win the World Series. If you give up a four zero lead, it was always that one guy too, man. He was just serving home runs up. They were they had his number. I can't remember Janchet or whatever. He'd get up there and they would just shell this dude. It was humiliating. But yeah, they 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 were they were rocking it. And then of course, uh, two former Cardinals are the ones making the biggest show. It seemed uh, Los Angeles with David Freeze. He basically single handedly handled the Dodgers last night. At least he hit a home run uh, in the first inning or something like that. And then also defensively was great. There's David Freeze, former Cardinals. Like, hey, dude, how you doing? Good to see you in the World Series. And then of course. The ultimate humiliation uh, for us, watching Joe Kelly be the hero of the Boston Red Sox. You see Joe Kelly? You remember Joe Kelly, right? Joe Kelly, little Joe Kelly. Remember Joe Kelly? From the 2011 World Series and beyond that we got rid of? Now he's pitching for, he's got another World Series ring, pitching 97 miles an hour, 98 miles an hour for the Boston Red Sox. Joe Kelly. At some point, I wonder if we need to, like, I think, I think St. Louisans are too kind sometimes to the Cardinals, I'm sorry to say. I think we put up with a lot of, uh, a lot of anemic kind of decisions that are made, and uh, I, I think that can, be, uh, that, can, that can be hurt us. But to, to watch these guys like Joe Kelly and that kind of stuff, just uh, – I will tell you one thing. You know what? You know one thing that changed my life, though. Look at this. Over the weekend, I have. I bought a big ass phone cord at the Seven Eleven for ten dollars. You you got one of those, Matt? It's 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 a life changing experience to buy a big ass phone cord, and you know what? It's called a big ass phone cord. That's what it's called. It's got, it's got like a donkey on the label and everything else. It's a big-ass phone cord. It's 10 feet long. It changes your life, people. It transforms your life, and my life has been permanently altered with my big-ass phone cord that is uh, 10 feet long. I mean, it changes everything in your life when you have a big-ass phone cord. I don't know where these guys came from. I, are they only at 7-Eleven? Okay. Where's that, man? Quick Trip must have caught on. Quick Trip did? $10. They should, be, they should be charging $20. But, uh, but, they, uh, but, but they're charging $10. They could charge $20 for the big-ass phone cord, and I, would, and I would buy it. But anyway, changes your life. I don't know how many things you could do now with a big-ass phone cord. I mean, it just changes everything about your life. And so my life has changed permanently from that. Yeah. Uh, Julie, you have a bunch of them already? Well, you didn't tell me about, about the big-ass phone cords. I, 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 am I, are these, uh, so I've, I'm the last to know, apparently, of the big-ass phone cord. All right. $10. $10. It's amazing. I don't know whether they last a long time, but they look like they do. They look like uh, metal cables, so uh, I like that. All right, so lots to talk about, including – oh, uh, by the way, today, Lindsey Graham's in town for Josh Hawley, and they're going to be 
in St. Peter's or somewhere out, somewhere out in God's country there. And then we had Lindsey Graham also appearing for uh, who was it? Let's see. Oh, it was um, it was Marsha Blackburn. So Lindsey Graham's running around all over the country, and a protester uh, interrupted the 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 Lindsey Graham. Uh, Marsha Blackbird configuration. Maybe there's a possibility. Oh, by the way, Father Miller, uh, they also, the the uh, the big-ass phone cords are also good for Androids. They have, they have ones for Androids, too. So I just want to let you know uh, that they have those for you guys, too. So anyway, Lindsey Graham and Josh Hawley are going to be um, uh, together t- today and in St. Louis. And then on Wednesday, Joe Biden's coming in for Claire McCaskill. So that should be uh, an interesting thing to see. And so uh, we, uh, we are uh, thinking that this is going to be a uh, big week for uh, politics. We doing okay over there? Yeah, the audio app is actually playing. Oh, the actual stream? The audio stream, yeah. Okay. The Facebook cool. Yeah. All right. We're going to figure that out. We'll figure out the stream for you. Uh, yeah, uh, Lindsey, Lindsey Graham, you're right, Todd. He's a gangster. He's running around stumping for people normally. Oh, and by the way, I have uh, something to say about the Paul Ryan appearance on, uh, being interviewed. And I really am disappointed with, uh, Paul Ryan and, and his group there. I, I just think these guys are not helping conservatives and they're going, all they're doing is reminding us, uh, of how slow, inept, and uh, and prone to lose that Republicans have been, and and that's a real problem, and that's been one. And so for Paul Ryan to come out and talk about this whole tribalism thing is really bothersome. And and I'll I'll get to that in a second because he's on this uh, he's on this Ben Sass baloney. And yeah, Gail says the app isn't working for her. So oh, did you okay? Looks like Matt just fixed it. So if you guys are app app prone, I'm I'm noticing there must be something. There was something with the app because the uh, the Facebook numbers are higher, so people have turned to Facebook to go ahead and tune in. But all right, so we have this uh, protester disrupting the uh, Marsha Blackburn deal uh, over there in uh, today. Tennessee. Let's take a moment and remember those that lost their lives in Pittsburgh. And express our gratitude. By the way, this protester isn't going to take a moment to pray or a moment of silence for the people who lost their lives in the synagogue. Just point, pointing this out, that the left winger who's about to interrupt this is actually interrupting a moment of silence for the people who were murdered at that synagogue. The law enforcement who responded so beautifully, a moment of silence. Marsha Blackburn is a white supremacist. Yeah, right. So, so yeah, forget about that whole uh, moment of silence stuff when you can be a left winger and use the moment of silence to call somebody a white supremacist. It's like, okay, why are you doing that when, when tw- people have been murdered at a, at a synagogue and the moment of silence is when you decide you're going to run your mouth and 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 disrupt a rally. So apparently the lives of 12 people murdered at a synagogue simply aren't important enough uh, for you to stop down for a second 
and stop calling somebody a white supremacist. How twisted is that and how indicative of that is the, 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 uh, the soullessness of these individuals who will do anything. Apparently they will actually now at this point it's established they will do anything to, to disrupt and to, and, to, and to get their point across, even if it means disrupting a moment of silence for murdered Jewish people at a synagogue. And these people are the, the ones who are on the, on the left. It's amazing. I mean, wow. Yeah, they drag, her. And they drag her out, and yeah. so at some point the uh, the left is going to have to ultimately realize at some point that this isn't a good look for them, and I and I don't think they really necessarily care uh, one way or the other. I think that uh, what's important to them is the ability just to disrupt and get their point across and who cares who's died uh it's it's uh it's unbelievable so yep there you go those racist republicans are at it again being interrupted for their moment of silence when it comes to the uh when it comes to the uh those synagogue deaths which of course is uh that's that whole thing is inexplicable i mean i can't believe People like that are still out there, and and they are though they 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 they'll go to churches and shoot those up, or they'll send mail bombs to Democrats. There's always some loon out there, and and there's never a moment that the news media doesn't take an opportunity to instead of looking at the actual incident to try to blame it on the president. And uh, and I could play news bites after news bites of people making this out to be the president's fault and and i and we eventually will get to that but what's the use at this point when we know of course it's it's not the president's fault and we know these people are idiots and and what's interesting though is that is that they claim that that president trump has created this environment of violence when the only violent people have been democrats and now the did the president joke about that one congressman uh doing Whatever he did to that reporter, yeah, he did. He did joke about that. But but how are you still playing sound bites from a rally two years ago as as your example of President Trump being the violent one where he's talking about I'll pay the bail, whatever? Uh, Maxine Waters, Joe Biden, Robert De Niro, Hillary Clinton, on Barack Obama, on down the line have been the ones who are promoting chaos in this country, not President Trump. And in fact, look at President Trump's record on the economy, on world affairs, on the geopolitical situation. This guy is not creating chaos. He's creating chaos for the Democrats who have nothing to do but invent caravans of fake immigrants and and tear down Confederate statues and everything else. But otherwise, they're bankrupt. They have nothing. So the, the so the chaos is being caused by their long-winded temper tantrum. And by the way, it's not helped by the beta Republicans like Paul Ryan. Have we not had enough of these people? These guys, by the way, in case you didn't know, Paul Ryan and Mitt Romney, on the campaign. Mitt Romney could have could have so won, division in the country yeah. uh, could could have won the election in, two, in 2012, but didn't because they were lazy. And they offered America nothing. And I voted for Mitt Romney and Paul Ryan. I did. But these two guys, come on. They, they could have won 
this election and, and almost did, actually. I was actually surprised when Obama won a second term. I, were, were any of you surprised uh, that night in uh, 2012, in November? I think a lot of us were. We thought for sure Romney had this in the bag, but we didn't anticipate that little level of laziness that apparently uh, was built into the gene code of these Romney Republicans, and, and, and they're, they're addicted to losing. And, and, and Paul Ryan, by the way, has offered us nothing. For a while there, he was a detractor of President Trump, then kind of fell in line. Now he's leaving, and of course, that, that, that allows him on Face the Nation uh, with uh, Dickerson or whatever the hell his name is, uh, playing into his hands regarding the whole tribalism thing. How is that all of a sudden, by the way, brand new, this whole, this whole tribalism thing? And, and by the way, keep in mind, they're playing the same game that Hillary Clinton did when it came to uh, – Trump voters and everything else, they don't think you're really a human being. They think you're just a, 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 a stupid, uh, unwashed American who is now suddenly spreading your wings, and they don't like that. They love the idea of keeping you down. And, and when they see these rallies, it just pisses them off that people are suddenly happy with a Republican. When have you ever seen a, a rally with a Republican president where people are actually enthusiastic? You know, most people going to some, uh, some Bush rally, if he ever had one, were, it, 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 was by, it was by coercion. They had to – or he'd appear at some kind of uh, – uh, worldwide technologies or something, and nobody would get in, and he wouldn't. He wouldn't talk to any of his voters. He just would, you know. Back in the day, when I was a reporter too, uh, and and also at, at ninety seven one, we could get in, but you 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 saw like forty people at these things. It was all very regimented, cloistered event, and I happen to think that's because I'm not quite sure Bush could have drawn a, a rally of thousands the way. That President Trump does. And again, I voted for Bush. I defended Bush. But uh, come on. I mean, and, and this tribalism thing is just a means of demeaning Trump voters. Uh, because, you, you know, and by the way, what's wrong with a tribe, by the way? Uh, and, and, and these people who claim somehow that uh, we're racist and, and Trump voters are all racist are suddenly adopting a cultural cultural nomenclature uh, to, to describe us as if we're primitive, terrible people. And I thought the whole point of like being open and ecumenical and, and, and bigger tent and all that kind of stuff is to not use the word tribe to describe uh, people who are being tribal, to describe people who are, uh, who are standing for something. That's kind of odd, isn't it? Like it's a negative. I think I think tribalism is fantastic. We need more of it. And, I, and as I pointed out, I'm ready to paint my face and suit up, grab my spear, and do whatever it takes to continue on with the success that we're seeing with President Trump in the first uh, two years of office, which is nothing short of absolutely amazing. So count me in. Just name the tribe. I'm in it. Paint my face. Grab my spear. I'm ready to rock. Paul Ryan will have none of it, though, as uh, he talks about how just the mere fact that somebody shouts CNN sucks is somehow, you know, not appropriate or lock her up. What's wrong with that? 
That you know what they're using that as an example of uh, promoting violence because they can't find anything else because and they can't uh, keep that Maxine Waters tape from playing automatically the minute they open their mouths. So they have to talk about how yeah, when you say lock her up, what you're doing is you're pitting other Americans against other Americans. Oh, I see. You mean what you've been doing for the past two years or three years, I should say? Impeach Trump, impeach this. Oh no, that's a yeah, but 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 when you say lock her up, you're turning uh, Americans against Americans. Lord have mercy. I, I can't keep up with the new standards set by the Democrats and the and the news media here. But anyway, here is uh here's Paul Ryan. Ugh. Portion of responsibility for that. You've seen some Trump, uh, President Trump's rallies. Do those rallies accentuate the things that unite us, the bipartisan achievements, or are they uh, do they? First of all, why when you go to a rally, you don't go to a rally to accentuate bipartisan achievements? And by the way, what bipartisan achievements? Don't you think we ought to have a rally that accentuates bipartisan achievements? It's like, Lord, what are you talking about? And by the way, you're not going to understand a word Paul Ryan is saying either. These guys talk in these uh, Ben Sassisms that you just can't get. A, you're like, what are you talking about? Do you think these rallies accentuate uh, uh, division or do, or do they accentuate bipartisan achievements? It's like we have, we've had no bipartisan achievements. What bipartisan achievements have we had? Maybe there's been a little bit in the way of uh, the tax cuts where some Democrats may have voted for them. But what bipartisan achievements have there been? And, 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 and why haven't there been bipartisan achievements? You know why there haven't been bipartisan achievements? Because the Democrats aren't cooperating on anything. And you know what? Knock yourself out. Don't cooperate. We'll just keep kicking your ass every time we have an election. How does that sound, Democrats? How does that sound, Claire McCaskill, who runs your mouth about how middle of the road you are when you haven't voted on one item that supports the Trump agenda? Not one. So you know what's going to happen to you? We're going to kick your ass out of office. And it doesn't matter whether you invite porcelain teeth, Kent smoking, bourbon swigging Joe Biden, 12-year-old molesting Joe Biden to St. Louis. It doesn't matter. We're still going to run you out. But that's what you get. There's to be no such thing as a bipartisan achievement. But John Dickinson thinks that there should be rallies where everybody accentuates bipartisan achievements. There, there has been none. Talking about. Uh, it's President Trump's rally. Here, John Dickinson, face the nation. It's called my ass. Here, face my nation. Face my nation, John Dickinson. And uh, is that his name? And, uh, and uh, Paul Ryan. You can both face my nation. Do those rallies accentuate the things that unite us, the bipartisan achievements, or are they, uh, do they do something very successful in politics, wildly successful, yeah. which is sow division in the... How is a rally sowing division? How is a rally for an elected president of the United States sowing division? Oh, that's sowing division. It's, it's kind of like, again, I'll go back to my analogy, which I love uh, talking about. It's kind of like it's kind of like the Dodgers accusing Joe Kelly of sowing division because he's throwing 97 mile an hour sliders that they can't hit. Why? That's sowing division. Joe Kelly is hey, and and that's like that's like uh, the manager of the Dodgers who's not very good by the way. 
getting up there and, and, and at the news conference accusing Joe Kelly and the Red Sox of sowing division by dividing them from the World Series trophy. Because when you're going to a rally and it's a rally, it's a rally held by the president of the United States, okay? He's been elected president of the United States. A rally held by the president of the United States attended by people who voted for him is not sowing division. And since when has it ever been sowing division? It's only sowing division because Dickinson or Dickerson and all the left and Paul Ryan don't like it because why that's sowing division. And again, it's, it's, it's no more sowing division than Joe Kelly striking out the side. It's called competition. It's called, well, celebration of excellence. That's what these rallies are. So, is the president not to have a rally? Is that what it is? Or the people are not to, are to go, but not chant? Like, what are, the, what are the rules here, ABC and Face the Nation and Paul Ryan and Mitt Romney? What are, what are the rules for us again? Let's see. We're supposed to go, or I'm sorry, not attend a rally held by the President of the United States that we voted for, that we're happy we did. And then if we do go, we are to not chant CNN sucks, uh, do not say lock her up, uh, any of those kinds of things, and just keep quiet. Like we're um, at a Channel 9 Merle Haggard concert. Just sit on our, on, our, on, our, on our duffs and not even get up and dance. remember going to a Gypsy Kings concert. I got the tickets from uh, KETSA. I did give money to them to get for the, for the, uh, for the, uh, for, for the, the KETC, their Channel 9, uh, whatever it is, fundraiser, whatever. But I wanted to get these Gypsy Kings tickets, and they were coming to Powell Hall. And uh, the Gypsy Kings at Powell Hall is great, uh, but, but the, the problem is you get the Channel 9 crowd who apparently were there. It was sponsored by Channel 9. So, so everybody is 80. Or if they're 80, they're Channel 9 people who don't dance. So how you can go to a Gypsy Kings concert and not get up and dance is you have to be a robot. You have to be a soulless, heartless robot not to be at a Gypsy Kings concert and dance. But that's, that's, what, that's what happened. I went to the Gypsy Kings in, in, at Powell Hall, and I was like, wow. No, I was, it, was like, it was like we were watching the, uh, the Boston Pops or something. I'm like... You people, you can't get up and dance at all at a, at, a, at a Gypsy Kings concert. You've got a band of 10 wonderful, unbelievable musicians there uh, who uh, are it's one of the best bands ever, and they won't, they won't dance. But that's what they want us to do at the, at, the, uh, at the Trump rally. We haven't even gotten to Paul Ryan yet, have we? Is Casey in here yet? Yeah. Do you see that happening at his rallies? Of course I do, yes. Sometimes, yes. yeah. Uh, sometimes meaning, well, not always, but sometimes. I worry about tribal identity politics becoming the new norm of how politics is waged. As conservatives, we always thought this was sort of a left-wing Linsky thing. Unfortunately... Yeah, it's interesting how uh, Paul Ryan admits that the Republican Party of old thought that standing up for what you believe in and fighting for what you believe in and rallying for what you believe in, that's Saul Alinsky. I'm like, 
No, it's not. It's being supportive and energetic of your agenda and what you believe in. But now we know what Paul Ryan uh, and, and Mitt Romney and those guys really thought about fighting for what they believed in. Because as as conservatives, I never I, I I never believed that standing up for what you believe in and and standing up for uh for ta- tax cuts, uh, standing up for a renegotiation of NAFTA, standing up f- against the globalists who were cutting trade deals that were cutting out the American worker. Uh, I never thought that standing up for that was tribalism and identity politics. What are you? What What are they talking about? I don't even know. I don't. When, when you When you say identity politics, I don't even know what that means. You, does anybody know what identity politics means? Other than the fact that uh, I always thought it was like elect me because I'm black, you know, or something like that. But I never thought that identity politics involved uh, standing up for conservative values and 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 lower tax cuts and a better economy. I, I don't. I don't understand. Uh oh. What? Matt locked himself out? Now, hold on. Oh, so Mark Cason is now chatting on the Facebook page. Matt locked himself out. Hang on. Okay. It's fine. It's good. It's good. Yeah, it's fine. Matt locked himself out in getting... getting, uh, Case it in so there. So let me finish up with this first. But so so uh, listen to Paul Ryan, and you now you ha- now you know the becoming sec- the new- now you know the the secret of of the defeat of Republicans at the hands of people like Barack Obama, who loved having rallies and had plenty of rallies, and actually never was accused of being divisive. Was he when 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 Barack Obama had his rallies? Were the were the news media and others sitting back and gazing at their navels and saying, uh, "Hey, boy, that those those Barack Obama rallies sure are divisive. Those Barack Obama rallies are sowing division." Did 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 was that ever mentioned at all? But now it turns out that Paul Ryan has uh, given up the goods. See, Paul Ryan has. Um, once again, uh, went ahead and given us the, the, the blueprint for defeat that the Republicans were following, it seems, for the last uh, eight years or so until President Trump came along. And thank goodness, because Jeb Bush, you know, would have followed the same loser blueprint, the same beta male blueprint that people like Paul Ryan and Mitt Romney were, you know. The, the you know the, the don't order the soup because you'll rock the boat right that whole thing. So here's Ryan again. The norm of how politics is waged. As conservatives, we always thought this was sort of a left wing Linsky thing. Unfortunately, no, no, we didn't. We never th- we Paul Ryan. We never thought that having rallies and standing up for what you believed in was a Saul Alinsky thing. The Saul Alinsky thing is the call somebody a racist. Uh, call somebody a xenophobe, call somebody divisive, call somebody this, call somebody that. But we never thought that having rallies was a Solinsky thing. We never thought that organizing was a Solinsky thing. And now you know what Paul Ryan and the rest of the gang thought about the Tea Party. Right? Remember, remember when, uh, oh yeah, 
uh, Mama K, Lisa, Lisa Kemp, makes a great point. It, what if you had called Barack Obama rallies tribalism? What would have happened to you then if you called them tribalism? Probably the same thing that happened to Megyn Kelly. But yeah, uh, you, uh, I talked to another guy too about Megyn Kelly who was, a tr- who was a Trump supporter, couldn't stand her, but most everybody believes that what happened to her was terrible. What was a was a was a hugely bad thing. Anyway, yeah, Mama K, good point. What if you'd call President Obama's rallies tribalism? Anyway, let me finish up here, and then I'll get Case in here because I just I need a, I need a Politics body to waged. yell at. As conservatives, we always thought this was sort of a left wing Linsky thing. Unfortunately, the right practices identity politics now as well. It's the day and age. It's technology and everything else. Identity politics, which is now being practiced on both sides of the aisle is unfortunately working, and I think we... What is identity politics? I have no clue. And I feel like I'm fairly knowledgeable. I don't even know what this guy's talking about. As leaders, we got to figure out how do we make inclusive aspirational politics strategically valuable again. What is, what is inclusive aspirational politics? What the hell is that? It's no wonder Paul Ryan is a loser. It's no wonder Mitt Romney was a loser and Jeb Bush. These guys talk in language nobody understands. Inclusive aspirational politics. What does that mean? As leaders, we got to figure out how do we make inclusive aspirational politics strategically valuable again. First of all, why do you have to make whatever that is strategically valuable again when – Republicans just won a major election in 2016, Paul Ryan. What what kind of strategy are you going to add to the existing strategy that had us winning? once, Once we figure out what you mean by inclusive aspirational politics, which sounds... You and Ben Sass need to have a, an, another one of your orgies because, and, and figure out other language because whatever you're coming up with from your little breakfast with Ben isn't working out for me. I don't understand a word you're talking about. Inclusive aspirational politics, of course. Yes, thank Age, you, Professor. technology, and everything else. Identity politics, which is now being practiced on both sides of the aisle, is unfortunately working, and I think we – as leaders, we got to figure out how do we make inclusive aspirational politics strategically valuable again. Inclusive aspirational politics strategically valuable again. All right, so are we saying that President Trump is a Republican because of his policies has included blacks in the employment business now, Hispanics, higher level employment, and hey, don't wave your hand at me, Buster Brown, while you're sitting there. I saw you. All right, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get him in here because I'm gonna I'm going to I'm a, maybe Mark Kaysen, He's a professor, right? He a teacher. Maybe he knows what inclusive aspirational politics is. We can have Mark Kaysen in here to explain to us what inclusive aspirational politics is. Okay, let's do that after we play the national anthem that you are going to hop tutu, tutu, in your tutu. Yeah, inclusive aspirational politics. We have, a, we have a president who now has included a gigantic number of people in our economy and, and, and even included a lot of Democrats in his voting uh, 
roles. And, and, and we got to listen to Paul Ryan tell us about inclusive aspirational politics and, and how we need to get back at that as a strategy. This guy wouldn't know strategy if it came and strangled him. Hold on, let me get to my national. I was so busy yelling and screaming. See, I was going to come in today and be all, you know, just normal and everything else, and I, I, it doesn't, doesn't work. I was going to say, you know what, this morning, you know, after a rough week and everything else, I'm not going to be, I'm going to be, you know, just calmer and not have to worry about things and not go after the media, and I'm going to be just, uh, you know, just doing that and be, just be regular, and I couldn't do it. it. It wasn't but 10 minutes in, I'm sitting there screaming and flailing my arms and you know, now Mark's going to come in here, and I'm going to scream at him, and it's one of those things, because it'll be one of those days. It's just one of those days! Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light What so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming Whose broad stripes Don't wait. The Fed has raised interest rates. That means your minimum credit card payments are going up. Don't let that happen to you. This is James Hawkins of Golden Oak Lending. Now's the time to consolidate your debt. Home values are up, and you can use the smart cash in your home to pay off debt or get rid of expensive PMI. Smart cash is the difference between what you owe and the new value of your home. And Golden Oak still has fixed rates in the threes. Call 567-GOLD. NMLS 1149-37. Good morning. We are live from the Discovery Design Truck Care Manufacturing Studios. DDTruckUSA.com. What do we have? Do we have a problem with the sound or something? People are saying they couldn't hear it. I don't know. I'm worried about myself. I shiver all over. Come on, Mark Hasten. I shiver all over. Come on, people, sing it. I blocked I out all over the national anthem. Cause I ain't got you. Good morning this morning, everybody. Sing along with Robert Cray, my friends. Don't kick me off Facebook. You can't do that. You don't even know who Robert Cray is, Facebook. Bite me. Nor do I. Robert, By the way, Robert Cray is cool. He plays in his socks. Yeah, he sounded okay. Here, you see this? Yeah. You don't need that big ass <laughs> charger. Charger. You, you just this is this is 
2018. You get one of these, you stick it in your phone, you carry it around. You don't I need a, you don't need a cord. It's a backup battery. Just, just wanted you to know that. It's too just bad. Helping. Uh, people couldn't see. So so are they not are not hearing uh, the anthem just only or what were they not hearing? I can't figure it out. Are you hearing me now? I don't know. I don't know. I don't. You can't even figure it out. But I, I do know the anthem. I know, but I played the the anthem. I played was the best one because that was the one where the guys like, oh, say God, you'll see. It's like like that, that's the that's the anthem that you would hate the most because the guys like all, oh, say God, you'll see. It was like like so old school about it too, like in your face. Oh, hey, I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just the anthem was. Uh, just the anthem was not on. Yeah. Well, at least they got to see the flag. I, I don't know, but everybody, everything else is on. So, yeah, they well, got to good. see the flag. Yeah. Just the anthem. I don't know, Mama Kay. Was it a ghost? The ghost of China blocking out our national anthem. So, Mark Kaysen, uh Well, you I, know, I, got, I agree with a, a number of things that you said on the way in. I, I was listening. and Oh, did you? We we completely agree. All this bipartisan talk is foolishness. Yes, it it, it accomplishes nothing. Uh, we have very little real bipartisan agreement on anything. Maybe to some degree, when John Kennedy died, uh, Lyndon Johnson was able to to pull some things together. Although, of course, the House and the Senate. He won by a, a, a complete landslide, okay, because of the the, the situation. So, right, right, and and that created you know the 1964 Civil Rights how is, Act. How is it that how is it every time you're on Act. that we wind up talking about Lyndon Johnson? No, it, every time you're on, you know, back in the day, yeah. Lyndon Johnson. It's like, what are you doing? Well, you I know, know, I mean, and I mean, he's a guy I don't even like. So, <laughs> no, yeah, but it's always how about all, FDR? There's a, <laughs> There's a good one. Not yeah. he. I like him. Oh, wait, but, wait, wait. Janet, yeah. Uh, yeah um, the Strong Persuader's a great, a great one. Uh, she was right next door. And so, so it, the, it was, it's really, that's a good one. I'll play that for you, Janet, at some point. You are uh, a woman after my own heart there with knowing a little bit about Robert Cray. And the Strong Persuader? Are you kidding me? Hardly anybody knows about that. Anyway, so uh, listen. <laughs> Look, we we agree. No, no bipartisan. That's ridiculous. Were you celebrating when stripper MAGA boy got caught? I mean, did you? Were you? Uh, because the, the better thing for you guys was one thing that, that I was wrong about. Though I did think that by the time the weekend was over, he would be like George Zimmerman White, because because even though he's not white. And in fact, identifies as Native American. In fact, I think he's possibly more Native American than Elizabeth Warren is, who, by the way, received one one thousand twenty fourth of a bomb. Yeah, I heard. Thing. You. <laughs> so all all wait, that's wait, meaningless wait, and, and to, silly. Let me finish here. Yeah, but, but I figured that by the end of the weekend, he would be uh, he would be George Zimmerman White because they all wanted him to. Because this, the, the fantasy was it'd be just some some white normal person. Instead, you guys get like this. You, this guy couldn't be more clownish in his support of President Trump, and so that's not as that's not really satisfying for you guys, is it? Well, what's satisfying 
is that Donald is crying, and I say satisfying because, you know, I, I always feel sorry for him when he gets like this. He was crying because he realized, and he said it, that his message was being knocked out of the, the public view by the MAGA bomber. See, now they call him the MAGA bomber. <laughs> yeah, they it, do. It's everywhere. I mean, no, he, this is killing him. This is really because really all he wanted to talk about is the national emergency. Come on. Everybody knows there's no national emergency. There's no one coming from anywhere to you get mean, us. You mean the, you mean the, uh, the uh, I mean, why not just say the, the Russians the are for, coming? The former deportees. Please. The, all the former. Please. Do you see no what, one's coming. Did you see what, the, what, it, what the, this group is made up of? They've already had one child that's been already abducted, right? They've had robberies, stabbings. And and some of these people are from cartels. Other people are uh, are former deportees. I mean, these people aren't coming up here because they they're keep, avoiding violence. Well, that's they're coming not here true. For jobs. That's not true. Well, they're coming here for jobs, of course. That, and avoid, that doesn't give you and, asylum. No, no, and avoiding violence. But let me say this: if they keep walking, it'll take them two hundred days to even get to the border. Right. So, what are we talking about? They're A in national buses. emergency. He says. That he is going to send troops to the border. Who, what's he going to shoot? No well, one will not, be there. He's not sending troops to the border to shoot. Oh them. yes, he is. <laughs> no, he's yes, not. just like he wanted to kill people on Fifth <laughs> Avenue. Which look, I've he always thought he would like to try it. He didn't want to kill people on Fifth sure he Avenue. Did. He was talking about. No, he didn't. He said he was. He was thinking about. He said if so, if one of my supporters shot somebody, I don't know. He. I know what he said. He, if if he shot somebody on Fifth Avenue. Yeah. He's a New Yorker, so he's going to use. Oh his yeah, time on Fifth New Avenue. York. Look, he so. lost in New York by huge numbers. Right, he's thank no New God Yorker. for the Electoral College. Yeah, well, that's look. All that is is history because all we have to think about now, Lyndon Johnson, one week, one week, eight days, yeah. it's over. So in eight days, this guy is going to be doing the James Cagney thing that we've talked about. <laughs> he's going to climb up on the top of the the building on the. A Trump Tower, and he's going to say, "Mom, yeah, I'm on gonna, top of the world." Gonna, I mean, already, we're seeing numbers, and yet there's just a, yet another poll out showing that Josh Hawley is pulled way ahead of Claire, and and this isn't. I mean, you've got Joe Biden coming in to try to rescue her on Wednesday, and that's not going to happen. Yeah, when Rich Pisani ran for lieutenant governor 26 years ago, we used to make up those polls too. <laughs> I, I, right. Trust me. Well, so th- th- uh, my question this is: this is uh, a this is going to be a landslide in eight days. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe I'll go uh, to the to the uh, to the, the Joe Biden Claire McCaskill rally, and and right about the time they have their moment of silence for the synagogue bombing uh, uh, murder victims, I'll scream. Because that's what the leftists are doing at all these no, rallies they're now. Not. It's every just time- some stupid girl. Look, nobody should be doing that. Nobody should be bothering people in restaurants. What we should do is vote. Right. And that's what we're going to do exactly, right. in eight days. Okay, now what are you going to do, though? I mean, that's the problem. Is What, what are you going to do? <laughs> Nothing. I mean, <laughs> I mean <laughs> look, the House is gone. He's already – he knows that. Well, I shouldn't say he knows. I don't think he knows anything. But, but his advisors, whoever they are, Stephen Miller, they know that they've lost the House. Now – the Senate is going to be close. No, it's not. It's going to be okay. Uh, it's and, and, we'll and I don't. I don't even think the House is going to go. Uh, who's who is 
I mean, I even I, I saw an ad for Court Van Ostrom for uh, and Ann Wagner. Okay, he can't and, and, win. And, you and, know and, that. And they're, and they're still they're still going out there talking about uh, how how Republicans are going to take your Social Security and Medicaid. It's like who are you? Well, they would who like are you to. Kidding? They would like to, and no. they would, and they've actually got legislation there to attempt it. And by the way, don't forget George W. Bush tried that and got in a lot of trouble politically. Because everybody in the country looked at him and said, we're not doing that. No, we're not giving up Social Security and Medicare. So, look, that, that is a losing battle, and, and Donald wants to end it. And, and, and certainly the conservatives in this country have wanted to end this since, well, they, since the well, day it okay. started. Let me, let, me, let, me, let, me give you a, uh, let me give you an example here. Uh, and, oh, I just found out. Uh, Suzanne, thank you for joining the show. I just found out that Suzanne is a friend of Julie's. I didn't even know that. So Julie and I didn't, I didn't know you people all knew each other like that. That's really kind of cool. Cool. Anyway, um, Social Security, uh, this is an example uh, of uh, where, like, I don't – a person my age, and I'm, I'm 55, right? Right. But a person my age, I don't, I don't want – my social security. I just want them to stop taking money out of my paycheck. Yeah, well, they're not and, going and, to. And, 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 and here's the deal. The thing about changing social security is it's grandfathered. So the people who are right now, like my mother, who's 90 or whatever, they're not, they're not going to take her social security. You're right. That's not what this is about. No, no, that's right. But, but for the person, they want to, they want to take everybody under 55 and cut them off because like you, they figure Somebody under 55, maybe they won't respond that much because it's going to be a long time before right, they the, get it. But for the person who's, th- who's 35 years old, Mark, they, why are we taking money out of their check? Well, you know because why? Because of the depression. No, no. You know why we're taking it out of their check now? Because we don't have the money to pay you. No. Or, or beca- it's, because, it's they're, because they're, they're, they're taking money of, out uh, because, because, because they've of the spent depre- it. It's because of the depression. No, it's not. Because we don't want to go through that ever again. And, and look. I will go along with everything you say, all of your <laughs> lunacy about cutting taxes and let's, you know, cut spending. And I'll go along with every bit of it if you agree to one thing that from now on, when you put your money in the bank, that your money will not be protected. So that if the bank goes out of business, you lose everything. Because you know what? We stopped that. And we stopped it for the reason that we all know. Nobody okay. wants well, to take I'm not, that risk. I'm not agreeing. And you don't want to take that risk. You want the government to protect you when you want the protection. Not, no, I don't. I'm not, and I'm not gonna. I don't. I'm not gonna make a deal with you. I do not negotiate with terrorists. I've right. always said that. I, I don't. Know. I don't do that. That's one thing I learned from George. And w. I'm a Bush. very nice terrorist. But but here's the thing. Yeah. Uh, no, here's here's the realization. Social Security, first of all, uh, is an entitlement program. Uh, because it does pay people three to one uh, on the money return, so so it is essentially an entitlement program. I agree. And and, and so what we need to do is we need to, st- to stop taking out of people's checks. Uh, the, the 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 depression. And I don't bring, know what you're talking bring, about. Bring on the dog food. No, no, no. That's no, it. No, Let, people can you want to feed old people dog food. I no, understand. I We've done the, this before, Mark. Yes. Okay. You guys keep pulling that. No, we we don't because here's the deal. You you have a uh, you have a situation where as long as we just stop collecting it, 
And the problem is we can't stop collecting it from the 35-year-old because we don't have it for the 85-year-old because it's another program that has been abused by our politicians and we've already spent the money we've taken from the 85-year-old way back in the day. And that's not an acceptable way of doing business and shouldn't be. And so I don't think it's such a, a, a broad brush to say down the line we need to think about drawing back on the Social Security issue. And by the way, Social Security was, is, was a, is a supplemental program. It's not designed to be somebody's You're full income. You're talking about what it started as, but it has become something completely different. And I can tell you this, that you're – Number one, you won't stop it because the country would go berserk against anybody as they did against George W. when he tried it. It's a losing it. fight. You're not yeah. going to win. You need to strengthen the program and create Medicare for all and recognize that there is a role for government in this country. And if you don't have that, you're going to be in trouble. You know, let me try this one. Okay, on you. hurry, though. Me, okay, I'll hurry. So right now. You, you've just gone through this huge period where the, the Federal Reserve has pushed up the money supply gigantically in, in the last 10 years, and inflation is running right around 2%, maybe a little bit below it. And the, even the Federal Reserve scratches their head and wonders why it's not really taking off the way it should. A lot of people worried about hyperinflation. We have the opposite. Interest rates, they've gone up a little bit, but they're about 3%. That's nothing. So here's the question. Why isn't it working? And the answer is simple because every economist knows about what's called pushing on a string. Go look it up. And the bottom line is, is that this country has got a problem. Social Security is going to be the protection for older people along with the Medicare, which is going to be necessary because people need health care. Yes. You've got so many problems out here that you're not even addressing, and you're thinking that the government – is going to back off of everything. You're going to be begging for the government. Uh, no, I won't be. Okay. And I don't know what you're talking about. I know. So, so, but you, and, and listen, I would say no, this: most of America doesn't right, know about you know why? this. Why? Because because we they don't care. We, we don't have to. Yeah. Well, you do. have No, we to. don't. You okay. keep on telling us that the sky is falling. Yeah. And 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 the sky never falls. And well, it's, it and, fell. And, it fell again uh, last week. Uh, over a thousand stocks, right? Made tech new, stocks. Made new, no, a thousand. Boohoo, Amazon. More than a thousand, not just Amazon. More than a thousand stocks for the week made new lows on the New York Stock right. Exchange alone. Right. Let me tell you something: the markets are collapsing. No, and you don't even see it. <laughs> no, we don't. But see no, no. It. Well, Mark, I'll tell you. okay, and, and it'll be up three hundred this morning. It is. It's going to open up three hundred. Of course, everybody it will. will go. Everybody will go. Oh, we're saved. No, no, you're not no, saved. Actually, you know what? You're most not people, saved. Uh, most of my people aren't sitting there with the stock market and seeing. They, we know that the stock market fluctuates and that kind yeah. of thing. What we're, what we see is our neighbor buying a boat. We see our uh, black community getting jobs to the degree that they hadn't had them before. We're seeing the human, Hispanic community. We're seeing minority communities growing in, in wages. We're seeing Barack blue Obama did seeing, a great we're job. Seeing, we're yes. seeing blue collar. That has already been disproven. We're, we're seeing blue collar workers, their wages increasing. We're seeing steel workers back to work. Proven by speaking, who? speaking of all that, by the way, did you see President Trump uh, and his, uh, did you see he had another one of his divisive rallies there in, um, in Murfreesboro, Illinois? I don't even watch that junk. I know what he's doing. 
Yeah, he's speaking about anti-Semitism. And the widespread persecution of Jews represents one of the ugliest and darkest features of human history. The vile, hate-filled poison of anti-Semitism must be condemned and confronted everywhere and anywhere it appears. There must be no tolerance for anti-Semitism in America or for any form of religious or racial hatred or prejudice. You know that. You know that very well. It was interesting how he read the script how, how, very how, nicely. How you and your fellow loons—well, maybe not you, but other loons out there—were acting as if him moving the U.S. embassy to Jerusalem is why people were murdered at a synagogue, which doesn't make any sense. First of all, President Trump. Well, that's think, not the reason. You think reason. President Trump is an anti-Semite? I think he's mentally ill. Okay. Yeah. All right. First of all, I hate it when you say that because, first of all, being mentally ill isn't a problem. No, it, it, it's, and, it's and, some, and, and I secondly, want him to get help. And second, second, I really do. But I, why, I'm, why, okay, why I'm are concerned. people? Why are people saying that he is is an anti semite? His grandchild is Jewish. His son in law is Jewish. He the uh, his Israel, daughter is now Jewish. Israel sure. loves him. And right. this, how how is it possible that these guys can turn around and call President Trump an anti-Semite and hold him responsible for a non-Trump voting Trump hater going into a synagogue and killing people? He attracts anti-Semites like David Duke, who who praise him at every turn when he says, because he you know what he's saying. He says, "I'm a nationalist." And believe right. me, he's not talking about supporting the National League. He's talking about nationalism, which is white nationalism all over the world. Everybody knows what it is, and that is what he believes but, in. But he didn't if he say white in anything. No, being no, nationalistic but, but is, they not, know. is not a... Is they not know. A, no, that, being nationalistic they all say is, they love is, not, is not being prejudiced. Yeah. And, well, and, and I heard um, this idiot Rabbi Talvi say that on Channel Two last night, yeah. where she talked about how uh, it's it's all because of the volatile trying to blame this on Trump too, and it's like, come on, people. I mean, do you really are you really going to demean the 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 deaths of Jewish people in Pittsburgh by deciding you're going to politicize the deaths of these people and turn this into a Trump thing? Everything just in time for the midterms. Everything is politicized, but let me say this, and and should look. There, I mean, nothing, I knew Rabbi Calvi had no soul, but I didn't no, know she actually would she's a very that way. she's a very good person. But let me say, I used to think so. No, she is. But but let me say this. And you heard the president hate to say that, but in in, in eight days, you're going to see his tax returns. So then you're going to find out as soon as the, the house gets control of all of this. But but all that aside, look what he said when the bombs were being sent all over the country. And, and please, you know, don't say George Soros, because, you know, that's. You know, that, yeah, it's really bad to, to, to do that. But, but on top of that, he was asked, are you going to call the, the, the two ex-presidents and talk to them about the bombs and say, you know, I really am sorry that somebody's sending you bombs? And his answer was, I'll pass. Where did that come from? He, I watched him say it. Well, maybe they should shut their fat mouths. Yeah, I'll pass. Okay, here's the deal. That's, that's this, terrible. It's, 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 it's not, you know, it's, look, it, it's not all, normal. It's something it, wrong. Here, I'll here, pass. Here is the deal. And, 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 and here's, the, here's the problem with this whole bombing thing anyway. 
this idea somehow that we've got the, the, the people who receive these and they don't des- nobody deserves to be terrorized by any stretch of the imagination. And uh, yeah, Margaret points out Rabbi Talvey is, is Stacey Newman's little girlfriend. OK, so I don't I don't tell me about Rabbi Talvey. Well, she, she, I saw her. Stacey the other day. Newman is a problem and, and she's going to have a problem. I hope I saw her. The other this day. is I over. Saw, I saw her the other day, Rabbi Talvey, and, and she and, and she and I used to be uh, on speaking terms, and everything else. She didn't have the guts to even say hello. That's how she knew how corrupt she's been. So anyway, well, I don't think it's corrupt, but, but I'll tell you this. That's wrong. Okay. No, that, I, that's, I know, I know, that's I know. totally let me, wrong. Let me go back. Let me go back to this it's foolishness. Whole thing. This idea somehow, and I and I'm, I've said this, and maybe people would think it's controversial, but whatever. But the, but the reality is uh, that more damage was done to this country when Maxine Waters encouraged civil war, when Joe Biden talked about punching the president. When Robert De Niro talked about punching the president, when Hillary Clinton said there will be no civility until Democrats are elected, more damage was done on the level of divisiveness in this country than any fake Bugs Bunny bomb sent to these people. So the reality is the people who are well, you causing— You know they are not fake bombs. The, the people who are causing division in this country— it's not Donald Trump. Donald Trump having a rally where people are yelling CNN sucks, that's not being divisive. The people who are being divisive are the people like Hillary, like Barack Obama, who is breaking all protocols going out and campaigning and running his fat mouth about everything when, when no other president in the history has done that before. And then they turn around and accuse President Trump of being divisive because he's holding rallies as the president of the United States with people who voted for him? I don't understand this. And, and Hillary Clinton, well, by the way, saying there will be no civility until Democrats are elected uh, and take over the House and Senate. That's not American. OK, that, that's that's anti-American right there. That's well, mob. Anti-American. Well, yeah, it is. It's you not. know what that is? No, it's it's a, it's it's you know what it is. It's the um, no justice, no peace crap that Black Lives Matter and all those other people uh, put well, forth. No justice, and, 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 no peace. No, I think I mean, well, that's, okay, that's but you know true. What? But, but you know what? You, you would feel that right, way too. Right. So, but, but if a Republican said that or a no. conservative said that, we would be Nazis and nationalists only oppressed, and brown shirts. Only oppressed people. Oh, like Hillary Clinton? Oppressed people. No, look, Hillary, Hillary Clinton, I'm, I'm angry with her and Barack Obama as well. I'll tell you what they should be doing. Not that he, it's not wrong that he spoke out. It's good that he spoke out. And you're saying that it's unusual that, that you know, presidents haven't done that. Well, they, they haven't recently, but I'll tell you what they should do. And wait, wait, really, wait, wait, I, I say they, I say they have no think, courage. What do you think, Howard Taft went out and, no. and railed well, against? John Quincy Harding. Adams went out and ran after he left office yeah. for the House of Representatives and won. Yeah. So well, they get, didn't like Andrew Jackson get, get, uh, get, making fools of them. Well, there you go. So get back into politics. You don't even have to run for president. I mean, obviously, the Barack Obama couldn't run, but he could, he could be in the, the Congress somewhere. I mean, these people should be involved. They should fight against, just as you say, bipartisanship. Terrible. I, what, I agree. What we need is, is everybody to represent their side right. intelligently and and aggressively right. assertively exactly okay okay i agree but, with you then. but just so, not not 
violently. Right, and, and, but okay, then then tell your people to shut up then. No, well, I those mean, people I serious, can't stop. What, 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 yeah. I'm, I have a whole list of them, yeah. though, Mark. Donald's I mean, the one that the causes the problems. The people who represent your party. And Maxine is not good. Maxine, she's Joe Biden. Good. No, no, she's not good. Hillary Clinton. Wait, I'm telling you, she's not good. I've got problems with her like there's no tomorrow. But uh, but as far as the rest, no. Yeah. They're, they're, it's funny. Let, listen. What in eight days you're going to see where they're going? It's funny how uh, has Hillary Clinton or Maxine Waters or Joe Biden or uh, anybody else screaming about how uh, Trump's anti-Semite is an anti-Semite? Have they? Uh, what did they say when Louis Farrakhan very publicly talked about uh, Jews being termites? When did when did did anybody come out and condemn him? No, of course not, because they're so afraid of pissing off the black community that they'll pander to anybody, even anti-Semites like Farrakhan. That's how dark some people in the Democratic Party are. Now, so I don't talk. Don't lecture to me about violence. I could talk to you. But we don't have the time about Farrakhan. I have all the about time Far- in the world. You don't have the time. I got to get out of here. But, but Farrakhan, not Farrakhan, Farrakhan, pronounce his name right. I mean, you know, that's all right. But of anyway. Course, yes. yes, Your Honor. Yeah. But, but here's the thing. He, the, here's the problem I have with Farrakhan. Because I've heard him. He is not anti-Jewish. He's said some things that are, that are rough, but, but mostly, he, first of all, he said them against uh, Jews, he said them against Muslims, right. and he said them against Christians. And basically, it's, he talks against hypocrisy. My problem with him is that, and, and I worry about him as well, because oh. he thinks there are satellites with aliens circling the earth. Now, that's a problem. Not, well, they are because they yeah. just they just dropped you here See, earlier. Yeah, exactly. But but as far as as what you're talking about, look, there are plenty of people walking around every day who are anti-Jewish. But the funny thing about America, unfortunately, it, it this guy got through and did something terrible. But in America, people who are anti-Jewish are not accepted, and it's not acceptable. And, and there are too many people in this country who are Jewish who are doing great things and are even Republicans and everything. So, you know, it just doesn't fly. But but I will say that there is a, a part of the country that continues to have this anti-Jewishness, and you can hear it almost anywhere, but it just doesn't really – nobody is really buying into it in a big way, but it's there. And, and you know, Donald – He's got problems. Right, of course. But, but I'm telling you this. But on to Donald. They're yeah. going to get him in eight days because when the Congress, when, when the House of Representatives becomes Democratic, they are going to immediately <laughs> go out and get his, his tax returns. That would be great. When you find out what he's done, when yeah. you find out what he's involved in, right. the money laundering, the, <laughs> the, the, the they, business with the Saudis. I love it, I love it when the Democrats oh my. I love it when You the, won't believe it. I love it when the Democrats threaten to impeach the president. No, if don't we, impeach if him. If we are elected, we're going to hold hearings. and we're gonna, we're, Thanks for warning get us because we're, we're, busy, we're busy putting people back to work and getting the job of America done while get you guys are, tax returns. are crabbing about tax Tax returns and and telling us the sky is falling because the Dow drops three hundred points. No, today Whatever. it's up three hundred and it's not going to save you. But 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 here's the deal: in eight days, and actually, you know, in eight days, you know, we'll be able to have this discussion. Uh, depending on you know what you've got going on, uh, maybe even on on that Tuesday, uh, I, I'm I'm going to have a little bit of time that day uh, if 
you have time to mourn to 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 talk to you about it. But then Wednesday is when you know I'll I'll bring you I'll bring you another book. Okay, you know you know so you can read about the old days. Okay, d- listen. By the way, speaking of the old days, uh, don't. Here's the thing. Don't try to uh, out presidential history me either. Okay, so you you brought up since you brought up John Quincy Adams. Yes, you realize John Quincy Adams, first of all, was an a hole and, and 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 was only there because his his uh, daddy was a granddaddy was around John uh, or his dad, I think. And and, and his John, dad. John Quincy Adams hated Andrew Jackson. Okay. okay? And and Monroe did too, and and the reason why they hated Andrew Jackson was because these guys were all the Eastern Seaboard elite, right? Is it, all this sound familiar? Oh, the I, Eastern Seaboard elite. Great story. And, and there, there's Andrew Just Jackson like today. There's Andrew Jackson coming in from Appalachia, yeah. And he and his wife, who I've been working on, I, I wish I would, I would have actually done completed this project, but someday I will. I, I went all the way down to Nashville for Rachel's story, and I will tell her story one of these days. But anyway. So she, um, the, the Monroe and Quincy Adams' wives loved Rachel Jackson, but the guys hated Andrew Jackson. And they hated Andrew Jackson because Andrew Jackson was uh, not one of them. Uh, they, they wanted the Eastern Seaboard to basically dominate the entirety of the U.S. In comes Andrew Jackson. Does all, does all this sound familiar uh, to you? Very in familiar. In comes Andrew Jackson, who's an outlier, who's, who's starting to change the way uh, people are speaking about politics and engaging normal, average, everyday Americans. He certainly did have a populist type of uh, bent to him. And Andrew Jackson, they didn't, these guys didn't like that because he was a threat to them and their power, which is exactly he, – he's, more, he, he's so he, much like Trump. It's there you go. I love that. So let's end it on that because here's the deal. Number one, in 1837, following Andrew Jackson, Andrew Jackson created the deepest and longest depression in the history of this country. He is definitely a Donald Trump. You're right. I'm not quite sure that... 1837 to 1843, it was the worst, and it was caused by him and all his anti-national bank and all that crazy stuff that he did. So, you know, I'm on that. And the second thing is, don't forget, I sent Donald... Remember, there was that that protest. You send Donald a book because he doesn't know how to read. So I sent him a book. I sent him The Age of Jackson by Schlesinger. Did you, you didn't send him a book with a clock tape to it, did you? No, nope, didn't send him oh, that. Oh, you were that guy? Sent it through Amazon. Sent him uh, a- The Age of Jackson. And I sent him also a copy of, of Abby Hoffman's Steal <laughs> This Book, one of the great ones of all time. I know Abby Hoffman. Yeah. yeah. So I, I love you. I've met Abby Hoffman. You know that, right? I, I didn't know. He, he used to go around to college campuses. Yes, he did. And he and Hayden used to get into yeah, it with each absolutely. other. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, it was, it was great. The yippee days. Yeah, well, absolutely. The yippee yeah. days. It was yeah. great. So I, listen, I, 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 hate I actually kind of like Abby Hoffman. I hate to have to leave. We have such... Tremendous conversation. Abby Hoffman was a liberal back when liberals, yeah. like remotely made sense in terms of their politics. Now you guys steal are just the, off the rails. Steal this book, one of the great ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Don't. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I get it. Be good. Yeah, I wouldn't. I, I, I would, if I were you, I wouldn't be sending things to the president in this day and age. I wouldn't be using the the, the United States Postal Service to send anybody anything at this point. <laughs> I am trying to find a solution 
about a certain Mark, I hope you enjoy this uh, trying to find a solution. This nice little about bit from your friend Louis Farrakhan. Back when he was uh, she, Calypso Louis. By the way, do you like Jews? No, I do not like Jews. Is she or is she is or is she ain't? I wonder what gave him the idea and the spark to leave the country. It's so funny how Louis Farrakhan could say anything anti-Semitic he wants to, and and the left won't go near the guy. Like they won't dare attack him because they're so afraid of black people because they don't respect them. So they wouldn't dare go after Louis Farrakhan because they'd automatically be called racist by all the left wingers out there who apparently love Louis Farrakhan. It's really interesting. It's interesting how they how the, how Louis Farrakhan can be out there blathering on about how Jews are termites. And, there's, and there won't be a peep said about the guy. It's crazy. You know, he's really actually not a bad singer. But they, uh, they loved Calypso Louis back in the day when he was just singing as opposed to go on rants about Jews being termites. Has Joe Biden weighed in on this? Has Hillary Clinton weighed in on this? By the way, speaking of Hillary, speaking of Hillary, did you see that she says that now she wants to be uh, she wants to be president of the United States? She she she's thinking about it again. And and and, and in two, 2020, now I don't know exactly when uh, this took place. Let's see. Oh, Friday evening, and Hillary Clinton's at one of these things where they have her propped up in her pantsuits in some at some consortium of sorts and she's asked about whether or not she wants to uh, be president of the United States someday maybe run again right here do you we're going to talk about 2020 in a minute do you want to run again no wait no. That was a pause. Well, I, well, I'd like to be president. Okay. Yeah, right. So interesting how she doesn't want to run again, but she'd like to be president. That pretty much falls in line with, uh, with the way Hillary Clinton would love to operate in this country. And that is, don't make me run for president. Just make me president. How does that sound? Because I'm a woman, you know. <laughs> no, look, I, I, I think, hopefully... <laughs> when we have a Democrat in the Oval Office in January of 2021, uh-huh. there's going to be so much work to be done. I mean, we have confused everybody in the world, including ourselves. And Yeah, you, uh, you mean as a Democratic Party, you certainly have, because we actually don't know what you stand for. Because we know that you hate low taxes. We, we know that you uh, love globalist trade policies, Right, because you because you called the president xenophobic when he when he wanted to, to uh, take on the euro trash regarding our trade policies and everything else, and uh, you you also love illegal immigrants. We know that you you uh, you love to make a big deal out of Confederate statues, but other than that, we really don't know exactly what you stand for. 
So how you think you're going to win in 2020? We have confused we'll our friends and our enemies. Right. They have no idea what the United States stands for. Um, yeah, they do. And, and, and the problem is we have confused uh, our friends and enemies because they're used to Republicans and Democrats all having the same kind of deal where we just simply ask them what they want us to do and then we do it. So, yeah, we have confused them a little bit. It's kind of like the child who suddenly is disciplined when you haven't disciplined them since they were born. It's like, wait a minute, I'm, uh, you're, you're now suddenly telling me I can't do something? Yeah, well, you know, sometimes it's too late because that person isn't going to cooperate. But the reality is the only confusion that we have is from these people who are used to us being a bunch of pansies and not standing up for ourselves. This is the same kind of attitude that brings us to the fear somehow that every time President Trump has a rally, this is somehow divisive. It's divisive because the president is having a rally. You know who said that? Paul Ryan. Thanks a lot, Paul. We appreciate that. No wonder you guys didn't have rallies back in the day. Because you didn't have the energy or the will, and apparently Paul Ryan felt that the uh, such things as a rally or the Tea Party were utilizing Saul Alinsky tactics. It's like, thanks for telling us. Now we know. Thanks for screwing us all this time when we were supporting you and John McCain. We didn't realize that you guys actually didn't really want to work for a living. We had no idea. I'll play that a little later on. But we've got uh, Jimmy Hoff joining us in just a little bit, the Gateway Pundit. But yeah, so yeah, we have confused people. And, we, and we've also confused uh, our, our allies a little bit, and, and they needed to be confused a little bit because they were used to us just simply going lockstep and throwing the American worker under the bus so we could get involved in all their wacky uh, global warming policies and everything else. So times have changed, and so these people don't know what to do. So what do they do? They act out. They threaten violence. They encourage violence. They encourage civil war like Maxine Waters, and they go out and disrupt Anything they can disrupt. Likely to do what we think is important. Uh, so the work would be work that I feel very well prepared for, having been in the Senate for eight years, having been a diplomat uh, in the State Department. And it's just going to be a yeah, lot. Yeah, that Benghazi thing really worked out for you. That's for sure, lifting. being a diplomat. Uh, are you going to be yeah. doing any of that lifting? Do you feel like? Oh, I have no idea, Kara, but I'm, I'm going to... You know, I'm not going to even think about it until we get through this uh, November 6th election about what's going to happen after that. Is, is, is the uh, is the election is is the election November 6th? Oh, it is. Okay, I thought it was, I thought it was the eighth, but anyway, the door is the seventh. That's right, it's the sixth. So yeah, uh, so we've got Hillary Clinton who says she wants to be president but doesn't want to run again. So, so we have that to look forward in 2020. And my, one of my favorite things about uh, the uh, Democratic Party is they continue to represent so well at events like, well, Marsha Blackburn and Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham, by the way, is going to be in town today. He's going to be with Josh Hawley. And that's going to be, I think, this morning uh, at some point, And it's going to be out in God's country, I'm pretty sure. And, uh, and we'll see whether or not we get a disruption of that. I'm sure... There might even be a moment of silence for the people killed at the synagogue over the weekend in Pittsburgh. But here's really the sum total of the left-wing movement that expects Americans to go to the polls and install the people they support in office, which isn't going to happen, my friends. 
it's not going to happen. This happened in Tennessee. This is a Marsha Blackburn event, and she's uh, talking about having a moment of silence for the people killed in uh, Pittsburgh. Let's take a moment and remember those that lost their lives in Pittsburgh and express our gratitude for the law enforcement. Now, what do you think the left is going to do when Marsha Blackburn and Lindsey Graham and the rest of the crowd there decide they're going to take a moment to remember and say a prayer for the people brutally murdered in Pittsburgh at a synagogue, the Jewish people brutally murdered at a synagogue. What do you think the one person there on the left who's infiltrated this is going to do with that moment of silence? Yeah. Who responded so beautifully. A moment of silence. Marsha Blackburn is a white supremacist. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, let's let's take a moment. Okay, let me get this straight. And let, let, let me you talk about being confused. Let me just get this straight here, real quickly. Here, all right. So um, you're going to take a moment of silence for twelve dead Jewish people, whose biggest crime apparently was being Jewish and going to a synagogue. You're going to take a moment of silence at that time to then accuse somebody of being a white supremacist. See, that's how lunatic these people are. And keep in mind, this woman is a Democrat, all right? She's, she's not a Republican. She's not an independent. There's no doubt that she supports either Bernie Sanders or Hillary Clinton or Joe Biden. There's no doubt she supports the Democratic opponent of Marsha Blackburn. There's no doubt that she would identify herself as a liberal or a person on the left. And so she takes a moment of silence during a rally that they take out, a moment of silence for 12 dead Jewish people to shout that Marsha Blackburn is a white supremacist. Makes all the sense in the world, doesn't it? Well, this is happening all over the country, and this is the kind of disruption you're going to get uh, when it comes to the uh, folks on the left and, and how they're thinking they're going to all take over the world by shouting, yelling, screaming, and having all kinds of different uh, temper tantrums out there. Good morning, everybody. i got to give uh, Jimmy Hoff, the Gateway Pundit, a call. So excited about my long-ass cord. My brand new long ass cord, ten dollars. Seven eleven for ten dollars. Can't help myself. How does it feel? How does it feel, people? To have a ten foot phone cord. I love it. My life has changed forever. How does it feel? It's Robin Thick. Well before he was famous. So you know. Tell me how you love me more. It's a great song, actually. And how you think I'm sexy, babe. <laughs> Come on, people, get with it. Have some fun. Good morning this morning, and welcome to the Discovery Design Truck Care and Manufacturing Studios. Yes, indeed, that's where we are, people. Beautiful place. Don't forget about Michael Proctor and Proctor Drapery. Proctor spelled like doctor. 
Proctor Drapery, this guy, Michael, is a great guy, a great friend of mine, has his mobile design unit. He's all ready to rock and roll for you. He'll come there on a Sunday. He'll come there on a Saturday to come to your house. And when someone comes to your house, how cool is that? Because you know what that means? That means you don't have to go anywhere else for your window treatments, except for Michael can come right to your crib. He's got you going. He's got some of the best fabrics, most beautiful kind of window treatments you're going to find. The woven wood. Have you seen the woven wood shades? Have you seen the Roman shades? Have you seen the Norman shutters? He's got it all for you. Beautiful fabrics, everything else. Transform, ladies and gentlemen, your beautiful home with Michael Proctor. Proctor spelled like Dr. ProctorDrapery.com, my friends. That's where we're going to go. I wonder if uh, Jimmy Hoff remembers I was going to call him. Let's see. Good morning. Good morning this morning. Jimmy Hoff, how you doing, man? Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay, good. How are you? Uh, pretty good. Good, man. Good. Happy Monday. I know. You know, the, the it, it was so crazy. I, I One of the things I'm really stuck on is this Paul Ryan interview that he did on Face the Nation, where first of all, I, and I'll, I'll deal with it a little later on, but I have no idea what he's talking about because he, what he's talking about is, is tribal politics and, 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 and he's, 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 he and Ben Sass apparently have spent way too much time together because they're talking about this tribalism <laughs> because president Trump dares to have a rally uh, and, and that the rally is causing division uh, and these rallies where people are yelling CNN sucks or whatever, and it, it's sowing division. Mm-hmm. And, and, and what I'm saying right. is every, so when the president of the United States has a rally and the people in attendance are people who support him. How is that divisive? Well, it's divisive in the way that I mentioned earlier. The Los Angeles Dodgers would be uh, would be angry because uh, Joe Kelly pitching at ninety seven miles an hour with unhittable baseballs is divisive. It's because they're losing, and and, and so. Uh, but right. Paul Ryan finally gave up a, a clue about how de- Republicans have been operating for so long and it's why they're why yeah. they are defeated is because mm-hmm. uh is because they always considered such rallies and these kinds of things to be Saul Alinsky-esque and I thanks for telling us Paul no wonder you guys yeah. weren't able to win an election right uh, for for one Jamie I don't think that even makes sense on any level you know and the other thing, too, is this is the Paul Ryan, and you nailed this. This is the old Republicans who just uh, were so used to being berated and lied to and harassed and abused by this media and never fighting back. We finally have. And that's such a great point to Trump's appeal is the fact that we finally have somebody who's saying, no, shove it. He shoves it right back at him, you know, and the people love it. I love that about him. And when the crowd chants CNN sucks, I still think it's funny. I still think it's outrageous. And I still think they deserve it. This is, a, you know, if you watch more than 15 minutes on, on CNN, you know they hate the guy. Why would I support that? Why would I not think that that sucks? You know, <laughs> right. I, as you know, as, as you know, Jamie, this is this is how I've made a living 
is rebutting everything that this media says. And I'm telling you, there was a, there was a space for this. There's still a space for this because our media, rather than learning anything during the Trump years, they've just doubled down and they continue to spiral down because they continue these lies and these assaults and these attacks on Trump. And uh, people are, it's, I think it's more obvious now than ever. Yeah. But Paul Ryan, he just doesn't, he just doesn't get it. Well, yeah, I, I couldn't figure, I can't remember the language he used because I played his soundbite earlier, but he, uh, he, he, uh, Use the term uh, inclusive aspirational politics. I don't even know what the hell that means. And, and, and so you have a situation. I mean, honestly, I mean, it's like it's that kind of gobbledygook, meaningless language coming out of the mouths of our Republican leadership is one of the reasons why we turned away from them. And I'm not quite sure when you, when you talk about inclusive, President Trump has included more people in our economy than any Republican since Ronald Reagan has. And I don't understand what, what Paul Ryan means by inclusive aspirational politics. It's like, what are you talking about? Yeah, I, I have no idea. I, I agree with you. I have no yeah. idea. How can you be inclusive? I guess inclusive for Paul Ryan is joining with Democrats and denigrating your base, right? you know, and, and calling everybody who supports you uh, a bunch of racists. Maybe and, and that's what he means by inclusive. I don't know. And tribalists. I mean, and keep in mind, how is it possible that we are uh, we are expected to learn a lesson from losers? So Ben Sass is a never Trumper, but we're supposed to read his book and use it as a blueprint for success. Paul Ryan is a loser, but we're supposed to listen to him tell us how to win elections. It's like and and, and strategize. It's like that's that's like the Dodgers giving right. the Boston Red Sox advice on how to win a World Series. It's like. You've lost. We don't. You don't know how to win a World Series, and Paul Ryan doesn't know how to win a presidential election, and Ben Sass doesn't know how to how to be a conservative. So it's like, why are we even having to listen to these guys? And so, thankfully, we've got people out there who are telling the real truth, and that's the Gateway Pundit is one of them, Jimmy Hoff. I love the story Thanks. that you Thank have you, about buddy. Obama not being able to fill this high school gym in Milwaukee. Right, and and again. Again, Jamie, this is just what I was talking about. Will the, would the would the mainstream media ever ever tell you this? You know, they they hide this from people. Hillary did the same. You know, the media did the same thing for Hillary. She'd go to an event in a high school, you know, or at a, a college library. A couple hundred people would show up, and they'd put everybody behind her to make it look like the place was crowded and everybody was enthusiastic. Right. These are the tricks the mainstream media plays. And uh, Jamie, I'm, 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 I, I hope I'm clear with this. This never happens with Republicans. <laughs> They'll never let a Republican get away with this. You know, never, ever. They'll always report that there was hardly anybody there. 60 people showed up when there's 200, you know. Um, but this, this high school in Milwaukee, which I got a lot of attention this weekend because Obama said some, you know, pretty silly things again, where he took credit for the, uh, the the economy, Trump's economy, the economy he said would never get above two percent GDP. It just got three point five on Friday, and he's taking credit for this, right. you know, and he's throwing throwing lobbing bombs at Obama at President Trump, and then we find out later, and this is something too, Jamie. We have to really dig for this because you know if you want to find this out. You really have to dig around. First, you have to find out where exactly it was, and that's sometimes hard to find. 
then you have to, you know, look for different pictures and do a little research. And uh, we found that the gym was like half full. High school gym for Barack Obama, and he's their star. Unbelievable. There's, you know, I, I'm starting to see, Jamie, um, that uh, – and we made predictions a month ago during Kavanaugh. And the energy, you know, the, the conservative movement was through the roof in, uh, when the Kavanaugh hearings was going on because of what they were doing to this man trying to destroy this good man. But we believe it's, it, that energy is still there and the energy for the left, we're just not seeing it, you know, and I, I don't know how they pull this one out. I don't know how there's going to be a blue wave because the only excitement we see is, is on the right. And uh, just another example, and I hate to, I, you know, uh, uh, filibuster on your show. No, no, it's great, man. Another example of this, another example of this was, uh, this this weekend in Murfreesboro, down in southern Illinois, where I put up pictures of that. Think of this. This was also something the mainstream media will never tell you. Jamie, that line, I put up some pictures, and I, you had to string them together. Yeah. It was, it was a mile long. It was out on a highway. There's no you know buildings there or anything. It's a straight line, and it went on forever to see Donald Trump. I've never seen anything like this, Jamie. I, I haven't seen any line like that to see anything. No, I know. Alone, uh, you know, a political rally. Well, they used That's to. amazing. When, when Obama did him, he had to have, like, you know, Bruce Springsteen there to get that kind of line, even with <laughs> Obama. And, and so, right. yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty amazing. And, of course, these are the people that I – that line is going to be the same line at the voting booth on the Tuesday when we have the election. So, you know, it, it's uh, – it, these people are voting. These people are, are getting out there to vote. The, the very people at the rally, which is why you have these situations where you have Paul Ryan being interviewed by uh, this guy on Face the Nation, and he's talking about how, how him having the rallies is supposed to be celebrating bipartisan achievements, which there have been none because Democrats won't cooperate. And so these guys are all over the map because this is driving them crazy. They can't put a lid on this. They can't keep these heads underwater the way they're used to. And it drives them nuts. And so that's why they call this divisive. And, and I'm glad the president went ahead with the rally, too, because, you know, you, you, he pointed out you can't allow terrorists to change schedules and, and that kind of thing. And this wasn't disrespectful to the people who, who died at the synagogue. This was pro- because I'll tell you one thing. It doesn't stop Obama or it doesn't stop the lefties at these rallies from doing whatever they want to do. But they always want the president, whether it be a hurricane or murders or whatever, they always want the president to shut his mouth. And and they'll always figure out some way to try to get him to do so. And I'm glad he doesn't. Yeah, absolutely. As as you recall, um, and this is quite a different situation, but, you know, on uh, 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 September 11th back in 2012, uh, the uh, Benghazi embassy and all of our embassies in the Middle East got overrun by these terrorists. And uh, we, we still had, uh, we didn't know what happened to our men over in Benghazi yet in the morning. And, and uh, Obama slept through the attack and then got up and, and flew to, uh, I think it was Vegas for a rally. Yeah. Um, that was quite a different situation. He right. got, he got, uh, you know, he got a little pushback on that from the right, but that was a different situation. That was his ambassador who just got blown the hell up, you know, and dragged through the street. Uh, in Benghazi, that you know this, and uh, which the blame still goes back to the president. There, of course, he never got blamed for this, 
But um, that was a completely different situation than this uh, shooting, this horrible shooting from this guy who hated Trump, um, was, you know, very vocal about it. And uh, and, and so I, I, Trump did make the right decision. And the, the fact that they would even, uh, you know, push back on Trump for holding this rally, it's just, I mean, the hypocrisy of the media yeah. and the left. It just, you know, it's just out of out of control. It's very interesting too to to, to notice since you mentioned Benghazi in 2012, because I just played a soundbite from Hillary Clinton talking about how she didn't want to run for election, real uh, for, to be, she didn't want to run again, but she wants to be president, which is pretty typical of the attitude of people like Hillary Clinton. But but she also talked about how she has <laughs> experience as a diplomat. I'm thinking, oh, you mean back during Benghazi when you were a diplomat? Is that, <laughs> is that correct? And by the way, so today, I don't know whether you're going to be attending or not. It's uh, Lindsey Graham in town for Josh Hawley. And boy, oh, wow. you talk about red waves. Something red certainly came over Lindsey Graham because I, I got to tell you, once – I mean, I, I have to say this in all honesty. I truly believe that once John McCain died – uh, Lindsey Graham went and retrieved his balls from John McCain's top drawer and, and, and now has become a, a man of his own self. So, uh, you know, I, I, there, there had to be some thing transformational about Lindsey Graham. But, man, this guy is nails. You, here's, here, you have a soundbite of him at a uh, get-out-the-vote event in, uh, in Las Vegas. Listen, listen to people, listen to this. This is Lindsey Graham, okay? Democrat, and you think your party's going down the wrong road, say something about it, you'll be glad you did. If you're the radical left who's trying to destroy the, the country, you can kiss my ass. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's un- I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I know it's hard for that you to hear. You, you know the soundbite, but yeah, if, if you uh, mm-hmm. if you're if you're a radical left that's just trying to destroy the country, you can kiss my ass. I'm the, good for him, man. <laughs> right. And uh, that's what needs to be said. I, I, I'm so glad to see Lindsey Graham, of all people, saying that. You know, getting back to Paul Ryan, though, isn't that interesting that we saw him yesterday on Face the Nation? And yet, uh, Jamie, my question to you is, I haven't seen anything of him all this whole election season. Nothing. I, I, I don't see anything from him. You know, I don't know where he is. I don't know what he's doing. I did see one photo now that was I saw it on the Daily Caller this morning uh, from the rally in Wisconsin. Trump flew there last week. Yeah. Held a rally. Uh, Scott Walker was there and Paul Ryan was there and a candidate was there. I don't remember his name, but um, Paul Ryan is on the stage there. That's the first time I've seen him this whole election season. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know why he's still the Speaker of the House if he's not out there fighting for these people. Um, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's been doing this all over the country in secret, but uh, I just haven't seen the guy. Well, he's he's brunching with Ben Sass after they've uh, spotted each other at the gym. <laughs> and let me get let me I let guess me so. let me let, and let me let me make something very clear. I guarantee you, when they had brunch, neither of them ordered the soup. That's just an inside joke between the Radio Free Alma Nation and myself. I, I, I always talk about that. I always haze Mitt Romney when he had that lunch with or that dinner with uh, with Trump. And so when when President Trump was was um, was tricking him into believing he could be Secretary of State, so he had Romney at the place and they had dinner. And uh, and of course the boss the boss man the the alpha always orders the soup and and. You're supposed to uh, 
to basically, if you're with the boss, order the soup too. But but because Romney is such a beta, he ordered some like I don't know some side salad or something while President Trump's sipping on soup as Romney's begging him for a job in the cabinet. It was just classic. So anyway, that's why I talk about ordering the soup. It's a, oh, that's funny. Yeah. So, yeah, so Ryan, yeah, that, was, that was a great moment. Yeah, it was, it was a great moment because it was because there was not a chance in hell Romney was going to get the job as Secretary of State, and and the only person who didn't know it was him, which was great. So sorry to say, <laughs> that's uh, that's just the way it goes, brother. Hey, so um, can you can when I play the sound here? Can you hear me? Can you hear the sound? Uh. Just faintly. Just faintly. Yep, just okay. Faintly. So, so when yep. when, when uh, Jimmy was talking about Jimmy's the face of the nation thing, uh, Dickerson, uh, he he asked about the rallies, uh, the 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 Trump rallies. And keep in mind, when the media sees these rallies and they see people at the rallies supporting a president, okay, this is the president of the United States. This isn't just some you know. Uh, some guy. This is the president of the United States. So, they, but they see it as being divisive. So here's Dickerson with his question to, to to Paul Ryan. Hang on, I'll let the people hear it, and then I'll discuss it. And then you've already seen Rallies it. So great. accentuate the things that unite us, the bipartisan achievements, or are they? Uh, do they do something very successful in politics? Wildly successful, yeah. which is so division in the countries. Yeah. Do you see that happening at his rally? And by the way, we're not uh, this rally in Murfreesboro. There's not a chance that people are going to go there. And rally about bi- accentuating bipartisan achievements when there have been none. Uh, and and uh, Dickerson hmm. believes that there ought to be rallies that accentuate bipartisan achievements when the Democratic Party hasn't cooperated one iota on anything. And, and Claire McCaskill keeps right. running her lying mouth about how she's a centrist and all that kind of stuff. When the reality is she hasn't, she hasn't. Uh, been in any way, shape, or form cooperative. She's never voted with the president on anything and has done nothing but obstruct his economic policy. So how is it that we would have a rally where we're supposed to accentuate bipartisan achievements when there have been none? None at all. In fact, the only thing the Democrats have done is uh, to push this Russian collusion narrative, which has been a complete lie, the largest lie we've ever seen in the American media or the (laughs) government push on the American people. Um, and that's all they've done and made up stories about Trump and Russia, some nonsense promoting, wanting, wanting to promote war with Russia. I have no, I have no idea what else they've done. And, and good for you for saying that about Claire, because she has been a secure vote for any Democrat liberal cause, uh, that they ever needed. She was right there for them. And everybody knows that. And I love that James O'Keefe outed her this, this, uh, couple of weeks ago. Uh, where, where they have a video of her saying in her campaign saying that, yeah, she believes everything Obama does. She just has to hide it here in Missouri. <laughs> yeah. You know, we all knew that. And now we, there's a tape of it. She won't even, she, she's, she won't have Obama here, but apparently now they're breaking their, their code, uh, that they had revealed to, uh, O'Keefe. And now they're so desperate. They're going to have, uh, Biden in on Wednesday. Uh, for her, because Biden's, I guess, the acceptable uh, one, and Obama isn't. And so uh, Biden's going to be coming in on Wednesday for her. They're going to be up in Bridgeton on Wednesday. So we'll see how that whole thing goes. 
But she's she and, and I love the O'Keefe exposure of her regarding guns because Claire McCaskill will go to some to to Silex, Missouri, and tell those people, "Oh yeah, I'm a Second Amendment Democrat. You know, I'm a don't worry, I'm not going to do anything." And then then tells the undercover person in the O'Keefe thing that that she'll vote for any restriction on guns that comes her way. <laughs> right. Right. Well, that's typical, Claire. It's typical, you know, this is who the Democrats are. They're running races like this all over the country with yeah. these people who are, you know, surprisingly, they, they have uh, people like Beto, uh, Bobby O'Rourke. He's, he's been pretty honest about his liberal agenda, but most of the time they, they hide it from the voters, um, which is, you know, they've been doing this for years because Americans don't go for that crap that they push and it, none of it works. So they can't run on it. Um, but, uh, I'm glad Claire got caught. I hope uh, people remember that uh, come election day. Everybody's saying to to, to when Biden comes in on Wednesday, everybody's saying to hide your daughters. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, man, that guy, that dude is, you know, we talk about the whole Me Too movement and stuff like that. Um, yeah. And, 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 and yet it's it's perfectly okay to uh, to for, for Joe Biden to basically – molest any daughter of an incoming senator that that comes his way it's like it's it's unbelievable it's just so yeah I, it I, really is you know i i where i used to work i remember a couple guys were uh they had to go to some classes and you know do things because they always had their hands all over you know they're real handy when a woman would come in the door <laughs> you know and <laughs> and uh i'm not that way and so <laughs> it's so obvious when somebody does it you're like dude what are you doing you know, um, but that may have been allowed at some point, but certainly in any corporate environment, in any organization, you can't get away with that today. Yeah. Right. And yeah. uh, the fact that Joe Biden has for so many years, really, yeah. it's, it's shocking. It's it's really creepy for sure. David uh, is on the line here. He goes, also, don't not only hide your daughters, but hide your Kent cigarettes. Of course, that's from my. My get up. I've I've done the uh, Joe Biden imitation where he's got his uh, Kent cigarette breath. I don't even know whether he smokes Kent cigarettes, but and his and his and his and his porcelain teeth, and then and then uh, uh, his his Scotch breath and his and his uh, <laughs> and his certs in his mouth. Just I can imagine. I can imagine how a twelve year old girl must that scent must come her way when he's. Kissing her from behind her, her back. It's like, well, Uncle Joe. Anyway, back to Paul Ryan real quick. So here's how Paul Ryan answers the question, which, again, this is why Republicans have never been able to coalesce a victory since George Bush. And it's, it's because they can't articulate anything that an Amer- a normal American can understand. And seriously – when Paul Ryan is speaking here, I have no idea what he's talking about. And I'm, and I'm not just being coy here. I'm not being purposely ignorant. I, I honestly have no idea what Paul Ryan's talking about here. Check this out. Sometimes, yeah. Uh, sometimes meaning, well, not always, but sometimes. I worry about tribal identity politics becoming the new norm of how politics is waged. Okay, first of all, I don't know what tribal identity politics is I don't get it. I don't understand. I mean, I know identity politics as in the how the Democrats use it, like you know, vote for me because I'm black, or vote for me because I'm a woman, or this kind of thing. But I don't know how 
people who are conservatives are utilizing identity politics in any way, shape, or form. We've we're actually uh, I, I we're the opposite of identity politics, and the whole tribalism thing I don't get. Uh, because first of all, it's a code word. Uh, you, you talk about dog whistles. It's a code word that people mm-hmm. like Paul Ryan and Ben Sass use to demean people like in Murf- Murfreesboro who go to uh, to uh, to go see President Trump. They're, they they you can see how what they're acting as if these people are just dumb uh, Coke bottle worshiping gods must be crazy cast members. And and the reality is they're Americans who vote. And and so when Ben Sass and Paul Ryan call this tribalism, it it's no different than calling them deplorable as far as I'm concerned. And then he goes oh, absolutely. I think it's inter- I, I think it's interesting too. It seems to me I wish they would have followed up with that with a question and have him explain what the hell he means. But to me that sounds like something you would hear on CNN or MSNBC when they're when they're accusing conservatives uh, of being racist, right? You know, I don't know why else you'd use this word. I don't know what the hell he means by it, but you know that it's a slam on conservative voters. So, uh, uh, boy, this guy has lost his freaking mind in the age of Trump. And I'll tell you one thing: uh, he also, we all know today that Paul Ryan is a massive liar. Because I remember after Trump was elected, he went to Wisconsin on his thank you tour in December before he was inaugurated and he was there with Paul Ryan and he said from the stage and there's a Christmas tree in the background and he says, Paul, we're going to build that wall, Paul. And, uh, Paul Ryan's sitting there laughing. Yeah, we're going to build that wall. Well, Paul Ryan knew right then that he never was going to fund that wall that Trump wanted. Yeah. And that was his main, uh, thing he ran on. And uh, Paul Ryan has never given him, you know, that he passed these, these massive budgets, but never gave a dime for the wall. And, uh, you know, it shows you just uh, who this guy really is. Uh, I'm so glad when he's going to walk away. I I don't know what he's going to do. I suspect you're right, Jamie. We're probably going to hear from him in the future. But um, I I just don't see, and this is something I've been thinking about too, I don't know who's going to take the baton from Trump, but I'll be damned if I want to support somebody like a Paul Ryan or a uh, Nikki Haley or somebody like that, who was a complete Trump basher and plays to the media all the time. Um, you know, that isn't my idea of the, you know, where I want this party to go, the direction of the party. Well, here's here's a possible scenario. And um, before I get to the rest of the Paul Ryan thing, and by the way, Paul Ryan also passed a budget that continued funding Planned Parenthood uh, as well and sanctuary cities. So uh, thank <laughs> right. you, Ryan, for that. And on top of that, Paul Ryan also was the one who wanted to water down the tax cuts. I mean, that, that's, you know, that's the problem we have is, is we, we, we have these gutless wonders like Paul Ryan out there. And, and, and here's the thing. Here's, here's the possible future, Jim. And, and I'm sorry, but I don't really mind this. Let's say Paul Ryan and Nikki Haley or Ben Sass and Nikki Haley or, or, or whatever, although I, I believe Nikki Haley actually is more likely to be President Trump's running mate in 2020 than run against him. But, 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 but let's imagine a scenario like that, and these people run as Republicans. If I'm Donald Trump at that point, um, I, I'm running as an independent, and then I will make sure the Republican Party just goes the way of the Whigs. Just, just, just defeat, you know, as, as an independent, go ahead and, and win your second term as an independent and, def, and, def, and send the Republican Party – 
into the trash bin. If that's what they're going to do, uh, that wouldn't that wouldn't hurt my feelings at all. No, you know, if I saw that, I don't know. What, I don't know what the Republican Party is doing right now to help this president. I have no idea. I know they're getting record amount of money, but Jamie, I'm out here uh, and I see what's happening to our country. I see that uh, you know that the left is taking over sports now. We saw that in the past couple of years, where ESPN is as political as any show. Uh, we see that the, the left has taken over academia, has taken over, uh, 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 of course, Hollywood, taken over the news, taken over all these branches. I heard in the past couple of weeks that uh, the left now is, is pushing these liberal programs in 4-H for these kids, these conservative kids out on farms. And I'm like, where the hell is the pushback from this Republican Party? There isn't any. There's no five-year goal for this party. No. I don't know what they're doing, but they... They continue to see that the left just run uh, roughshod through the country. Um, what they've done to conservative websites like mine, Jamie, since the election, you would not believe the stories I could tell you, um, how they're trying to put conservative websites out of business. Um, and uh, I, I see no help generally from any Republicans except for a, a select few like a Steve King, who's been very supportive, and a few others. Otherwise, nothing. They're just allowing these tech giants to uh, take over the Internet now. Something we always thought was free and we always, you know, this American invention for communication, free communication. Now it's, it's all leftist crap and they're getting rid of anybody who stands in their way. I'm very disappointed in this party. I think it's a failed party. And uh, I, I hope somebody uh, starts addressing that. So if, if the party goes away, like you just said, the way the wigs, I'm, I'll be one of the ones, uh, you know, uh, leading the way, I hope. Yeah, they won't. I'm, I'm telling you, man, they won't. Uh, you know, Lindsey Graham knows a little bit about what, where his future lies. And, and so he's smart enough and, and calculating enough. And I think, I think he, this is all his, him being real. Um, I, I, you know, I think he knows what the writing on the wall. And to your point about conservatives not coming and Republicans not helping out, uh, I, I got to tell you, you know, I've seen it in my even in my own situation uh, since April sure. uh, when ninety seven one fired me, uh, and and uh, I I haven't gotten uh, any. Roy Blunt hasn't returned my call uh, since that time, uh, and and there are a lot, and I helped friggin' get him elected. For Christ, crying out loud! I mean, sure. I I helped him get reelected. I mean, I went traveled the the state promoting him and having him on all the time, and yet I can't I w- I can't get the time of day from the dude. So that's what happens when wow. when we're when we're actually being swamped by the left. Uh, there are so many Republicans who just stand by and watch us go down. Uh, it's it's unbelievable. So uh, they're they're not gonna they're not gonna help us. So we just have to stand tall and, and right. stay with the people who um, who listen and, and and go to the website. And then here's Paul Ryan again. Here, this is why we don't. This is why, for instance, they lost the election in 2012. Which, by the way, Romney and Ryan should have won that election. I think people forget that it's like, oh, Obama was a behemoth. It's like, no, we could have won that election pretty easily. But here you go. Here's here's Ryan as again. conservatives, we always thought this was sort of a left wing Linsky thing. Unfortunately, the right practices identity politics now as well. So, so first of all, I don't know what he means by the right practicing identity politics. I, I can't figure out one example 
unless unless identity politics involves standing up for America, like if you say you're a nationalist, is that identity politics because right. you because you put America first? Is that what identity politics is about in Paul Ryan's mind? And interesting how he says that we always thought that kind of thing. And I'm talking. I guess he's thinking about the rallies or. Or he goes, that was Saul Alinsky tactics. That's like, so no, now we know what they thought about the Tea Party. Uh, and, and now, right. and, and these guys, uh, how you can compare conservative efforts uh, as, as uh, right. identity politics and Saul Alinsky tactics is beyond me. It's outrageous. And uh, anybody who's read Saul Alinsky knows that that guy is, was a piece of dirt. He was a, he was a bad man. He was promoting lies and, uh, you know, fooling people and trickery. And, uh, uh, didn't he, uh, uh, he just, uh, seemed like a very, uh, you know, evil man. And for, tr- for Paul Ryan to, to try to tie that guy with the current situation of the Trump supporters and Donald Trump, it's, it's really disgusting. It's a new low, but course i'm not surprised by it jamie and i'm sure you either i i don't know yeah and 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 i did saul Linsky, the, the, his thing was what call call people racist blah, blah blah make them defend themselves but we we don't we haven't done any of that i mean we respond to uh maxine waters promoting civil war and hillary clinton declaring there will be no civility until democrats win but we respond to that. We don't really go. And then here's Ryan continues here. Check, check Today and age, it's technology and everything else. Identity politics, which is now being practiced on both sides of the aisle, is unfortunately working. And I think we, as leaders, we got to figure out how do we make inclusive aspirational politics strategically valuable again. I have no idea what Paul Ryan just said. How are we going to make... How are we going to make inclusive aspirational politics strategic again? What is what is he talking about? And and and, and what does Ryan know about strategy? Because whatever strategy they used in the past wasn't working. And, and again, it's like it's like the it's like the Los Angeles Dodgers offering the Boston Red Sox uh, lessons in winning the World Series. It's like no, um, we don't need your lessons in winning the World Series. We just won it. So again, uh, I don't, and plus, I don't know. I still don't know what inclusive, aspirational politics is. <laughs> I have no idea what he right. means by that. And and, and Dickerson uh, it doesn't is, make any sense. I think maybe, <laughs> I, I think maybe Jamie, it's uh, it's it's like uh, like uh, one of his budgets where inclusive <laughs> means he gives everything to Democrats and nothing to Trump. Right. You know, so maybe that's what he means. <laughs> It probably it probably is actually Jimmy. I mean that's that sounds because otherwise I mean and, and that's the problem we've had these leaders like Ryan and others and and even Sass who go out there and they're talking and 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 we have no idea what they're saying. They have they they're talking in these lofty kind of terms that actually not only are are, are they're they're I wouldn't even give them the credibility of being lofty because they they just don't make any sense at all. So. Very interesting. All right, Jimmy, the Gateway Pundit. We'll check you out, gatewaypundit.com. And I guess it'll be interesting. Are you going to maybe, once we find out who's going, are you going to maybe send somebody to this um, to this? Yeah, uh, I'll have to Joe, check that out for sure. Joe Biden Thank thing? Thank you for, for telling me about that. Yeah, he's going to – Biden and uh, 
the Graham thing. I don't know where that is yet. I'll have to look that up too. Yeah, the the uh, the Graham and uh, and um, and the um, and the uh, J- Holly Holly event. I I, I had a, I had a, I had an address someplace. Let me just find it here real quickly. Uh-huh. I, I I'll tell you right off the bat. Um, let's see. <laughs> Uh, but no, it should it should be pretty good, and and, and I love the the, right. the the fact that the left winger decided that she was going to, at, at the Marsha Blackburn Lindsey Graham rally over the weekend that she was yeah. going to um, that that she was going to uh, let me see see here real quickly that she was going to uh, disrupt the moment of silence for the people who were shot dead at the right. uh, event. Can you believe that? Okay, let's see. Okay, so it's uh, right. Uh, un- unbelievable. It's at the uh, DoubleTree yep. Hotel. Unbelievable. The the uh, Lindsey Graham Josh Hawley is at the DoubleTree Hotel there in uh, Chesterfield, Swingley Ridge Road. At the DoubleTree. Oh, okay. Terrific. And then and then the uh, thank you, Jamie. And the Joe Biden thing, which um, and Claire McCaskill thing, which I'm gonna go. I don't think I'm gonna make it to this Josh Hawley thing. I've got some things I got to do with this. Uh, new operation, but I I, I, I got to f- figure it out. But anyway, uh, the problem with these things is you got to be like inside by ten, and things don't start until eleven, and then it's like one. It's right. like okay, but right. but but I I think in the evening time, it's the the Biden thing is going to be like at six o'clock at in Bridgeton, and it's going to be for Claire McCaskill. It's going to be like at some machinist hall or something like that, but. We'll have more information sure. on that, but Joe yeah. Biden that that'll be interesting to uh, check that one out. Yeah, that'll be something. Normally, like if right. we were the left, we'd go there and just scream and yell at them. But I don't, I don't have the desire to do that. I, I, I have the desire. I'll go to the <laughs> voting booth and do that. So, all right, buddy. All right, there you go. Okay, man. Well, thanks a lot. dot com is where you can find him. That's uh, Jimmy Hoff, people, and he is uh, uh, awesome. Thank you, bud. Yeah, people. Good morning. Uh, live from the Discovery Design Truck Care and Manufacturing Studios. It's Radio Free Home, and thanks a lot for joining me. Thank you also to Matthew Mitchell and the Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency. 855 quote me. Low premiums, low deductibles, all at the same time. And thank you to Golden Oak Lending. Make sure you get your pre approval if you're shopping for a home. Golden Oak will take care of you. 314-567-GOLD. 314-567-GOLD. Rates in the threes now. They give you the three uh, the free mortgage checkup, which is pretty cool. Rates in the threes. Golden Oak Lending. GoldenOakLending.com is where you're going to be able to find that. So, love the supporters of my show. Ricky Hall, he's another one. He and Jenna are running the Nutrition HQ operation right there at uh, McKnight Manchester in Rock Hill. Nutrition HQ for all of your weight loss needs, your protein needs, your pre-workout needs, your supplement needs, whatever. Veteran-owned, nhq.rocks. This is something they pull me off with Facebook for, the Stones. They've probably got people all over the joint looking at this one. Love the Stones, though, i got to tell you. They they play uh, the Stones at the uh, Trump rallies. People, yeah. President Trump went ahead and had the rally, even though they wanted him to to, to quiet up. 
in the wake of the uh, synagogue shootings. And of course, uh, obviously, he he uh, was reverential and sympathetic, and I think handled it all very well. Even though it doesn't matter how he handled it, he's still going to be called an anti-Semite, even though there's zero evidence to uh, to that degree, other than the fact that he stands up for America and how that's anti-Semitic. Uh, I have no idea. But nonetheless, it didn't matter what the president said. And as I said earlier this morning, it's like, dude, you might as well go ahead and do whatever you're going to do anyway, because it doesn't matter what you do, what you say, how you say it, when you say it, whatever. It doesn't matter what you say or anything of the nature. Uh, you're still going to be attacked. And and it's a sad state of affairs that, that – uh, no matter what the president does, he's still going to be held responsible for a synagogue shooting. Even the guy, the guy actually explicitly said, "I didn't vote for Trump." It's like, okay, it, it just doesn't matter. So go about go about your business. Go ahead and have your rallies, do your thing, and don't worry about it. You're going to be blamed anyway, so you might as well just go ahead and and uh, and take care of business there. Then Friday, we had that arrest of um, this cartoon character i i was completely wrong about it i had i had no idea that the person doing this could possibly be a trump supporter because of the results of the bugs bunny bomb threats uh, i was thinking look who's benefiting from all these bomb threats you're having the meanest most uncivil vile people suddenly turning into victims this can't possibly be somebody who supports President Trump. It's like uh, Maxine Waters, who promotes civil war between Americans, she is turned into a victim? How could you possibly be a Trump supporter and be behind this whole thing? Hillary Clinton, who said there'd be no civility until Democrats get elected uh, to the House and Senate? How is it possible you could turn that hag into a victim? Or uh, how is it possible you could turn Joe Biden and punchy Joe De- Joe De Niro, uh, Robert De Niro, into uh, victims here? I, I, it's impossible. So at that point, I was thinking, wait a minute, let's let's follow the much like you follow the money, let's follow the results. And the results were that the Democrats were able to use this and create this scenario where uh, they're not a holes. After all, I'm thinking, well. That didn't help if you're a Trump supporter, so it couldn't be. It had to be somebody who was, you know, on the inside and trying to um, exacerbate the situation and make it out to be a, a deal uh, and and help the midterms. Couldn't possibly be a Trump supporter. So it turns out it's not only a Trump supporter, but it's like a cartoon version of a Trump supporter. It, it's like the Warner Brothers Trump supporter. No wonder the no wonder the Warner Brothers Trump supporter put together Warner Brothers clock bombs to send to people. It's like this couldn't be more just cartoonish and and loonish. So it's a guy who's who's not only a uh, steroid pumping strip club dancing just crazy ass dude in a van with with trump stickers all over it i mean you couldn't have if, if i didn't know any better i'd think this guy was like a patsy like somebody like they found like another uh like you know jack ruby or 
Lee Harvey Oswald to 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 kind of put up and 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 get him to do this because it couldn't have been more ridiculous. This guy. I did put a. I did put a. Because I don't care whether fire me. Uh, I, I did put out a. Uh, Meme, Instagram meme. Yeah, and Brian says the guy's a registered Democrat. The fact of the matter is, he didn't even he didn't even register to vote until like two weeks or two months or whatever it was before the actual 2016 election. So I don't know. All I know is that vans are rapidly getting a bad rap, and like the guy who went up and shot all those uh, people. Uh, all the Republicans at the at the ball game from Illinois, Belleville. Thank you for representing Belleville, you idiot. So he goes up there. He's living in his van, and then this guy's running around in in a in a in a, in a van just peppered with with Trump stickers and CNN suck stuff and it's everything else. It's like it couldn't have been more ridiculous. And so I said uh, I, I put together a meme that said the news flash uh, and from CNN is it is that uh, the uh, the van down by the river has finally had enough. The, the van down the river saying, "Please, people, stop giving me such a bad name." You know, the van down by the river. The van down, living in a van down by the river. That was the beginning of the of the disparagement of the van. Now, if you were driving a van, I would, I'd get rid of it because anybody driving in a van, apparently it's always the same van too, the same kind of van. Now, if you're, if you're, if you're driving around in a van, you're, you're automatically a suspect of something. It seems. Now, actually, just some guy in a van, if you're just some guy in a van, you're a guy in a van. That's bad. Luckily, you have a truck, Matt, an old Chevy truck. Or Ford? Is it Ford or Chevy? I should get that right. Is it Chevy? Yeah. Because if you had a van, I'm glad I have a Jeep. Because if I had a van, I'd be like that, too. I'd be like looking over my shoulder like, I'm not that guy. Leave me alone. And heaven forbid you're a van and you're going to be driving through a neighborhood. See, it's going to be even worse. Now, Doug Giles was telling me, by the way, that the uh, the, the uh, where that guy was living. And by the way, I, I did one another prediction I made that I was wrong about. Aside from the Dodgers, where where the Boston Red Sox made the Dodgers look like they were a college team. In fact, I've seen college teams play a little better. If it weren't for former Cardinal David Freeze, they would have been totally wiped out yesterday. I just kidding. I think American League teams are better than National League teams, period. But boy, but 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 the Red Sox made those guys look like mincemeat. And then then Joe Kelly, of all people. There's Joe Kelly. Oh, I remember Joe Kelly. He used to be a Cardinal too. Two of our former guys in the World Series. Unbelievable, Joe Kelly. We let him go. He's pitching ninety. He's a he's a he's an American hero in Boston, pitching ninety eight miles an hour. Unbelievable. At some point, you know what? We ought to expect a little more from the Cardinals. I'm sorry. I'm I'm a big fan of the management there. I think Joe Mazalek's done a good job. But at some point, let's 
you know, he's the general manager. He can only do so much. We need, we need to pump some money into uh, this franchise to start buying some guys and, and start to be competitive. I mean, we're all spending money going to uh, get the uh, go ticket. You're still getting 3 million fans a year. What are you doing with all the money for crying out loud? Get some, get some players in there. Get, we had some decent closures. Get some monsters in there. Where, why, is it, why is it we're watching everybody else be so successful? Anyway, I did... Uh, I did uh, so apparently he's a registered Democrat, too. So he not only, vote, not only registered right before the, uh, uh, the election, but he did, uh, he did a... Uh, he was a registered Democrat, too. Yeah, I was really happy, Margaret, too. I loved Joe Kelly. I loved him when he was here because he was always little cute Joe Kelly. He'd always be the, the cut-up there in the dugout and everything else. And why we got rid of him, who do we get for him? Does anybody, can, can anybody go back in time and, uh, and find out the circumstances of us getting rid of Joe Kelly? Like, I remember it was, it was great because he'd wear those glasses and he was just, you know... Little innocent, awesome Joe Kelly. We got rid of him. Who'd we get for him? Probably somebody who's not even there anymore. Matt has the answer. We got John Lackey for him. Oh, John Lackey from Boston, right? Yep. yep. Crabby Lackey. They got Alan Craig and Joe Kelly. Oh. We got, we got uh, John Lackey. Yeah, right. And Alan John Lackey, we got him. And, and Lackey's not even with us anymore, is he? No. Look at that. Lackey, plus Lackey was kind of good, but he was crabby and not a very happy guy. He wasn't as happy as Joe Kelly was. So Joe Kelly goes to Boston, and, and, and then, then, thank you, Margaret, yeah, Lackey. So, the, so Joe Kelly goes to Boston. He winds up in the World Series, man, and he, he was smoking. He was humiliating the Dodgers. Anyway, I rooted for the Dodgers, but at some point, you, 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 you know, it was uh, – Fair and square, Boston was 10 times the team the Dodgers were. That's for sure. And I don't think the Dodgers' manager is all that bright either. They always leave Kershaw in a little too long. They did that for us one time, and Carpenter humiliated Kershaw. Remember those days? Anyway, where was I? Okay, so yeah, registered Democrat. And, and, and uh, by the way, um, uh, yeah, Steve says Moe's the worst GM. Maybe he is. Maybe he's the problem. Maybe if we had, you know what, to, to tell you the truth, Stevie, uh, maybe we would have, uh, oh, yeah, Luna, though, he's down, Jeff Luna's down in, in Houston still, isn't he? He's, he's, isn't, he, isn't he why the Astros are playing for the pennant? Yeah. I don't know. It, it's, it's, a, it's a situation where I just think that maybe if our sports media here were a little bit tougher, instead they're also so kiss-assy. Of uh, the Cardinals are also, you know, they they kiss up to the Cardinals too much. I think we don't have the kind of media that uh, that Boston has. Like you, Boston Red Sox, you 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 uh, lose in Boston, and uh, the 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 sports writers in Boston will barbecue you. Here, it's just like ho hum, go Cards, you know, for all the sports guys. Yes, yeah, Stevie, right. That's our, our sports media here. There, there may be a couple people who are remotely critical, but uh, for the most part, it's just, uh, it's just, we're just 
kind of homers, you know. And you're right, Crystal. It shouldn't be about the money, but at some point you gotta you gotta you gotta commit. You gotta you gotta invest. You know, in in this, you gotta you gotta go. Uh, you gotta go for the gusto. You gotta go big or stay home. I mean, you gotta commit at some point. But anyway, uh, so back to this dude, the, the van guy, the the bomber guy. So I thought uh, rather erroneously that by the end of the weekend, he would be George Zimmerman White, you know? You know how George Zimmerman in the, um, in the uh, what's his name? Who was the hoodie kid? Trayvon Martin case. I thought, you know, when George Zimmerman was, uh, was the, uh, the, uh, the shooter there, right? And, and he was white, they said. But he wasn't white. It's like he's half white. But now that was good enough to call him white. They don't know what to do with this other guy because he's he identifies, I think, I think he says he's Native American or something. And so he uh but I thought maybe they for sure by the time the uh by the time it all was said and done, he'd still be white. But I don't think they but they managed to go go around that. I think I think even the left wing seemingly has kind of uh like I don't even think this guy was was the kind of guy that the left wing wanted to be the bomber, because because he's so off the grid, clearly crazy, and uh, and over the top, just bizarre. That that I think that they would have preferred somebody who was uh, who's a little more normal, I guess, as normal as you can be with uh, and, and sending people, you know, bombs, but. But this, this guy wound up being so nutty they couldn't even, you know, ap- apply him to any degree of normalcy when it comes to Trump supporters. Although Michael Moore did put out a video showing the guy at a rally, you know, with his big steroidy fatty muscles and big stomach and everything else. And he was just kind of like, oh, God, I can, really that guy? So I don't think anybody wants anything to do with him at this point. <laughs> That's the case. But anyway, I thought for sure he'd be be Mr. uh the the white guy by the time everything was said and done, but it turned out that he that he wasn't. Uh let's see. I got I got to get to this Bible thing. I have so much to talk about here. Um the latest poll. And by the way, the uh Claire McCaskill's uh campaign has gotten kind of smart. They're now buying ad time on Breitbart. But I don't know how smart that is because let me tell you something. Nobody who goes to Breitbart on a regular basis is voting for Claire McCaskill. So she's wasting her money, but I'm glad that she's supporting Breitbart because they're making money off of her. So uh, good for good for Breitbart. Anyway, the story where it where she's she actually her ad is at the top there because they've, they've gotten to put the ad at the top now. Uh is uh, over a poll story showing Josh Hawley surging in the final weeks of the Missouri Senate election. Now, keep in mind, it's a poll, so take it for what it is. And it's a Missouri scout poll, though, but I, the scout poll has always been uh, fairly well uh, put together and generally reliable. But this poll was released on Saturday, and it shows Hawley leading Claire 49 to 45, and it has a 2.6 margin of error. So 
you know, that that still is a pretty low margin of error. And given the spread here, 49 to 45, it's pretty good news for uh, for Josh Hawley. Hawley, uh, last week in the poll they did, the same place did, they did a uh, 47 to 46 uh, percent. So he has uh, actually grown his his lead. And uh, Matt's saying uh, we went down to southern Missouri's farm down there and uh, and Holly signs were everywhere. So Holly's kind of made a uh, quite a, a dent, I guess, in the uh, rural voting, so to speak. You call it rural, but they call it outstate, whatever it happens to be. And it looks like Holly is utilizing the model that is not unlike the model that uh, that Donald Trump used. And uh, President Trump wisely decided that he was going to focus on areas that were not urban population centers, but on the rest of the country. Because in the end, although we don't have an electoral college you know, voting for the U.S. Senate, but still it works. You can you can clear you can offset strong urban showings that that clearly Claire McCaskill will show well in Jackson County where she's from and Kansas City and St Louis City and St Louis County. I mean these are people who elected Wesley Bell to be the St Louis County prosecutor. I mean it this you know it's it's pretty she's going to have a strong showing here, but you can water that down pretty easily by just simply making sure people get to the polls from other areas. And so a classic example of that was in 2016, and I've told this story before, I'll tell it again because I think it's a good one, about that morning of the election. And it was the um, when, when Tim Surdyke down in Festus sent me pictures of the polling places in Festus, and he showed me pictures of people – uh, who were actually not only lined up, but their cars were lined up along the highway, along the road, trying to get into the parking lot of the polling place. At that point, it was a pretty good indication that President Trump was going to do well. A- a- and uh, it, was, uh, it was really pretty amazing what, uh, what I saw there. And that was a good indication in other areas from other places – other people from other places were the were the ones who came out and voted for President Trump, and so it didn't matter what happened in St. Louis City, or St. Louis County, or Jackson County, or or Kansas City. It uh, it mattered in terms of the volume of people from all over the place, which is why you saw President Trump when he was in um, in uh, in Altoona, while what's her face was in in a in in Philadelphia or whatever, so again, it's uh, it was a pretty darn good showing. But you have to you, you have to coalesce people from all over and not just the city centers. And it looks like Hawley's campaign uh, campaign was uh, along those lines. Do you see this uh, show? It's called um, Crazy Ex Girlfriend, and I don't know whether you guys ever watch. Uh, the CW network or whatever. And this is in the episode over the weekend. So there was this uh, civil wedding ceremony performed by a judge uh, 
then they later say they wanted to have a church wedding, but they didn't have the church wedding. So anyway, they have this little civil wedding, uh, or at least they 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 decide they're going to go ahead. And, oh, we're going to do a ch- we're going to surprise have a surprise church wedding. Okay, so if you're watching this show at all, but the bottom line is this is kind of where Hollywood is. Uh, this is how they think. This is what they think, and this is what they think about you all who perhaps are Christian or what have you, and who uh, have a certain level of uh, attachment to the Bible. This is how they, this is how they, uh, they do it. And, and so, um, hold on, my phone is ringing. Hold on. Let me turn you off. I'm going to decline you because I can't answer your phone right now. Hi. I can't come to the phone right now, but if you leave your name and number, I'll continue to ignore you. Thank you very much. All right. So anyway, this is what happens at the church, okay? So um, the the woman who is uh, a friend of the bride is there to make a statement about, uh, you know, how they come up and they read something or they read a passage or something from the Bible. Well, here's how this one went down. Check it out. Do your thing, brah. Roger that, Heather. But first, before we begin, Heather has asked a good friend who is great with words and also... Very- and this is, by the way, the priest, okay? And, and so they've, they've agreed to allow the friend to come up and say a few words before the actual marriage takes place here at the church. Proud of where she went to college to say a little something. And it's going to be great, by the way, yeah. Um... I love fairy tales, and this is from the greatest fairy tale of all time, the Bible. Oh. I made some changes because there's always room for improvement. This is a fairly typical 30-second little soundbite that says everything you need to know about how the left and how certain people see the Bible and your faith and beyond. It's the same way they see your politics. It's the same way they say you going to a Trump rally and they can call you divisive. So what she does here is, is she's at a church and she's a friend of the bride at a wedding in a church. Now you have to be the most gigantic a-hole to be in a church standing up for somebody's wedding and decide that you're going to declare that the Bible is a fairy tale. But see, in this environment now, if you're on the left, you can say anything, do anything you want, as long as you feel or have an emotional kind of attachment to it. So so that's the same way that, for instance, that person at the Marsha Blackburn, Lindsey Graham appearance in Tennessee, that's how a left winger can occupy a moment of silence for 12 dead Jewish people in Pittsburgh by screaming during the moment of silence because this person believes that she is righteous. This is a person who believes that she has every right to do this. Those that lost their lives in Pittsburgh and express our gratitude 
for the law enforcement who responded so beautifully. A moment of silence. So this is this is and 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 again, you might not buy into the symmetry here, but they 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 have something in common here. Although this woman is obviously an actress, but this is the same kind of view that the left has. And as long as they hate you enough, or as long as they feel like their their emotions are important enough. It doesn't matter what venue they're in, they will crap all over whatever it is you're doing. And, and to the point where it, it almost becomes a psychosis because you have to be have a certain level of a twisted brain to believe that during a moment of silence for 12 dead Jewish people in Pittsburgh that you're going to call somebody – a white supremacist when you have occupied a moment of silence for 12 dead Jewish people by screaming and yelling during it. But in this woman's mind, and apparently, and and these are people basically, whether they're the writers on this show or this woman have been raised this way. They, they, people like that have been raised this way. They've been raised by parents who bought into this notion that every time you ask a child to do something, you must say, please. I remember those days. I remember when Ethan and Katie were little and you had the, the uh, you know, what to expect when you're expecting books. And then let's see, one of them was what to expect when uh, the second tier one was like what to expect when you're uh, when the baby, when it's a baby, you know, when it's born. And these books were some of them were pretty good, but 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 you know they had you know worried young parents like me. I was like twenty six, and when when Ethan was born, and so we were all just kind of like you know uh, we were all just uh, yeah right. I did Dan. I did hear the guy say shut the hell up. Good for him. But no, so we were all told you know back in the day. This was back in the early nineties, you know, and uh, we were told oh. The, my favorite one was that that uh, the way to talk to your child is is when you want them to do something is you must always say please, and, and so you you have to basically negotiate with your child. Now it's always good to actually have a certain level of manners, and and, and um, when you ask your child to do something, please is not a bad thing, uh, but but every time you, if you ask your child to behave. You shouldn't have to say please, or you you shouldn't have to ask the, uh, the 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 child to stop interrupting you and say please stop interrupting me. You say stop interrupting me, or whatever you know this conversation. So this idea you had to tiptoe around the kids all the time and say please, and and Suzanne says now you have to ask the baby to change its diaper. I. Is I th- I think I've heard that before, Suzanne. Where where uh, I think I've I think I've actually heard that as a thing that you that you have to like. Are you? Can I change your diaper? I mean, so believe me, I'm I am not kidding you. People who who disrupt moments of silence for twelve murdered Jewish people. That woman was raised by parents who were afraid of her. And who put her needs above anything else? And of course, when you're raising children, their needs are important. I get it, but but 
But this was a person clearly who was coddled. Now keep in mind, keep in mind the, the imagine the 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 uh, balls it takes, the narcissism it takes for somebody to present in a TV show a character who will go, who will be a stand up for the bride at a wedding in a church after being asked by the priest uh, to, to say to say a but few first, words. Before we begin, Heather has asked a good friend who is great with words and also very proud of where she went to college to say a little something. Um, I love fairy tales. And this is from the greatest fairy tale of all time, the Bible. I made some changes because there's always room for improvement. So this Heather is her name in this show, and it's called uh, it's called Crazy Ex Girlfriend. Uh, now, apparently, she's supposed to be crazy, but the fact of the matter is, she's not presented in this show as just some kind of loon or some kind of errant, ridiculous person. She's actually treated like she's to be taken seriously, like she's a friend of the bride. And is she a little off? Yeah. But there's it's one thing to be off. It's another thing to be a born bred a-hole. And that she is. Because anybody who, and I'm talking about the, the, the character here, who was written by somebody, and whoever wrote this character and whoever in their story rooms or whatever they were they talk about this they they accept this as a kind of a serious thing to be presented in a show and and, and a person who not only stands up in a church and and is supposed to be a friend of the bride getting married and the and the priest is saying go ahead go knock yourself out to stand up in, in a pulpit or whatever it was she was standing in whatever that thing is uh, and and say that the Bible is a fairy tale, that's more than like having guts or whatever else. You have a you have a really serious personality disorder at that point. And and you've been and, and to have a character like that as a serious contender uh on the level of all the other people, you're you're kind of off your you're 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 more than just having hubris. You're you're basically an a-hole. And then, and then she goes on to say that I'm the, there's always room for improvement. So that there really are people out there, and this is this is one of these things where people really do believe this that they can improve upon the Bible instead of just simply not believing or minding your own business. They feel like they can actually adjust the Bible itself to whatever meets their requirements or whatever meets their, uh, you know, uh, whatever it is, there's always room for improvement. And and that's kind of one of the problems with the left is that instead of just leaving people alone, they decide they're going to go in there and change it. They're going to go in there and, and, and change a preexisting thing that certain people, uh, rely on and love, they're going to change it, even though they have no, 
it's already called a fairy tale, so they're going to go in and change the Bible anyway, even though they don't respect it. But that's kind of the, that's kind of the the way a lot of these people on the left feel that they that what they can do. And again, there's a certain level of symmetry with what's happening here. It's it's how Maxine Waters can can go in front of a crowd and and promote civil war because there's really no accountability. Maxine Waters has been told because she's a black woman, elected official, member of the Black Caucus, she could say anything she wants to. And if anybody disagrees with her, they're a racist. Or Hillary Clinton can go out there and say, you know, you know, there's going to be no civility unless Democrats are elected to the House and Senate. It's like no one on the Republican side, could ever get away with saying something like that without being roundly accused of being un-American and and Nazi-like. And yet, Hillary Clinton can say that with a straight face, and not one person will say, "Um, that's kind of wrong for you to be uh, threatening people and telling them there really will be no civility or peace unless your party is elected. But this is coming from the same woman who, when individuals didn't support her in the presidential election, she called them deplorable because they didn't support her. So somewhere along the line, a lot of this comes from people who simply are not uh, ever being held to any kind of account and never being held to a – a level of accountability or never required to kind of step up and prove what they believe in is good or whatever. And so they decide they're going to go ahead and and shout during moments of silence, be an elected official promoting civil war, or write a character into his show that calls the Bible a fairy tale on a mainstream type of television show. There are people, though, who do have a certain level of guts and this is uh, an individual who uh, has said, finally, that it's perfectly okay that uh, for you to dress up as Moana for Halloween without being accused of cultural appropriation. This is an actress in Hollywood who actually seems to ha- have her stuff together. Her name is Ali Cravalo. I'm probably butchering her name. But she's a uh, Hawaiian-born actress, and she's the voice of Moana in the Disney show. The girls, my girls love Moana. But there was some aversion uh, to dressing up like Moana. Not among my girls. They didn't actually have an interest in it. But, the, but, but, but other kids did, and it became like a deal. People were not happy that girls were dressing up like Moana for Halloween because it was cultural appropriation. It's kind of like dressing up like an Indian. I'm sorry, Native American. Or heaven forbid, uh, dressing up like a black person, which normally people wouldn't do, but apparently in Megyn Kelly's world, people did do that. Uh, And she might have said that in, in passing, but then she gets fired for it because she is way too fair about Kavanaugh on NBC, so they finally got rid of her. Anyway, she says, because uh, there really is a, a, a 
there really is kind of a demand, so to speak, that uh, that people not dress up like Moana. So anyway, she comes out and says, uh, no, I think it's absolutely appropriate. She told this to People Magazine, which I'm surprised People Magazine let her get away with it, but they, but they did. She said, uh, it's done in the spirit of love and for Disney and for the little ones who just want to dress up as their favorite heroine. She says, I'm all, I'm all for it. And, 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 she, and, and her, she says, I don't care whether you're 30 years old or 10, you can, you can wear the Moana costume, and I think it's, it's absolutely awesome. And she's Hawaiian. So if anybody was going to have an issue with the uh, cultural appropriation, whatever it is, then it would be someone like, uh, like, uh, like this actress who plays Moana, but uh, she has no problem with it. She goes, I myself have, uh, have tried to find a Moana costume, but I haven't been able to find one my size. She's 17. So she came up with a backup plan, uh, and so she's you know thinking of just simply dressing in something else. I thought, and 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 keep in mind, she's the voice of Moana, so she wouldn't have a Moana costume because she's the voice of Moana. They didn't. The Moana was not a, like a live action movie, so she wouldn't have it. Um, but she says, um, I think each of the Disney princesses are just pretty reflective of their time. Like for instance, would. Um, would you dress up as like would people nowadays dress up as Pocahontas or would they dress or dress up as Aladdin could you could you dress up as Aladdin and get away with it these days I don't know could you dress up as um Mowgli from the Jungle Book you probably wouldn't get away with it if you're like a dude who's you know who's uh like a 30-year-old dude. Yeah, I'm Mowgli. It's like, no, you're not. You're you just want to wear underwear for your for your costume. It's kind of like the guys who dress up as women when they do a uh when for Halloween. And and that there's something I think there's something kind of deep down inside that they want to actually do that anyway. So the dude really when you when you, you can always tell the guy who dressed up as a woman, and he's wearing fishnets. It's like, dude, you've always wanted to wear fishnets. There's no question about it. That's why you're wearing them now, because you've always wanted to wear them, and Halloween's just your excuse to dress like that. <laughs> That's what I think, anyway. Suzanne, I love Mowgli, too. Mowgli's a great character. The Jungle Book is great. I mean, but I just wonder whether or not you could anybody could really dress up as some of these... Um, regular characters without somebody looking sideways at them because you're either culturally appropriating or, or doing whatever. She says each of the Disney princesses are just pretty reflective of their time. This day and age, we definitely need a heroine who is the hero of her own story, who journeys beyond what her parents have done, who breaks the mold. That's what we need right now. And hopefully what we will continue to see later on. Uh, and and we, we're we not like our parents, and yet we can see the similarities and differences. We can always be grateful for what we learn from them and everything else. So I, I think this is, a, this, is, this is great news because this is a Hollywood star saying, hey, knock yourself out and, 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 uh, and go for it. 
Meanwhile, you want to know what the real fairy tale is? It's coming from none other than my ferret-faced friend, Chuck Todd, as these guys at NBC are all thinking that because uh, they call it the week of political violence. And so they're all talking about how they think that, for instance, this, uh, the, uh, oh, yeah, that's right, Sleeping Beauty, Suzanne, didn't give consent to Prince Charming. Yeah, he did kind of, like, kiss her while she was sleeping, didn't he? But that didn't that didn't offend anybody, did it? I mean, um, if it's okay for Joe Biden to creep up on a twelve year old girl and bite her ear with his Kent Scotch search breath, then certainly it could be okay for a cartoon character to uh, to come in. And kiss a cartoon person who's a princess in a fairy tale. I don't know. Just saying. I think we. I think if we're if we're. And I, I know Suzanne, you're just saying that because it's uh, that that's what people would think is that they shouldn't do that. I know you're not like offended by that, but still, other people might be. Anyway, here's Chuck Todd. These so, guys. These guys are desperately trying to think uh, in in their minds. Let's see. So um, the political bombing, and then the. Uh, the killing of 12 Jewish people in a synagogue. This should work out perfectly for us in the upcoming midterms. That's kind of how that's, – that's translated what you're about to hear is them fantasizing about how, uh, how Kristen Bell complained about Snow White. Why? You know, Kristen Bell, by the way, I knew Kristen Bell when she was a little girl. Um, I, my assistant news director at uh, Channel 4 was Tom Bell. Her dad. And uh, Kristen was just a little girl at the time and uh, would uh, come into the newsroom every once in a while with her dad. And she was like a little little girl at the time. It was back in uh, the uh, late 90s or, yeah, late 90s. And, uh, yeah, it was it – was, uh, <laughs> uh, Kristen was a little girl then and then went on to, on to stardom. Anyway, here's the here's – the, uh, the NBC guys all fantasizing about how the, 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 imagine your first instinct when 12 Jewish people are killed in a synagogue. Imagine that your first instinct is you trying to figure out how that's going to help you in the midterms. How, how, or, or the arrest of some kook who is, uh, who is uh, sending out Bugs Bunny bombs to everybody. Who... Imagine trying to figure out, let's see, how is this going to turn to our advantage for the midterm elections? I mean, there's something wrong with you. But the news media has basically turned this into an institution trying to figure out how tragedies are going to work to their favor to elect the politicians they want to elect. So they do this with hurricanes. They do this with disasters. They do this with uh, heinous crimes. They do this with mass murders. So they, they, they figure out how this is going to work to their political advantage. I mean, that's pretty dark, but they knocked themselves out on it. We have a problem, and we have a president who doesn't seem to believe he has a role to play in dealing with it. And I think that is what is making this more of a 
uncomfortable situation in our politics. And they're showing video of these people who are at candlelight vigils for 12 dead Jewish people whose biggest crime in the minds of mind of this jackass is that they're Jewish. And yet there's Chuck Todd thinking with a straight face that this has somehow got to be hung on President Trump. Like he'll, so at this point, Chuck Todd, before the bodies are even buried, is making a necklace out of them and stringing them around President Trump's neck. That, that's pretty dark. But, that's, but Chuck Todd wasn't the only one doing it. I mean, everybody seemingly was doing it, but this was more blatant. Role to play in it. And I think that is what is making this more of a uncomfortable situation in our politics. So what Chuck changes here? You and I have sat here on how many Sunday mm-hmm. mornings and talked in the day after something like this about rhetoric. Yeah. And it, from the top down, you mentioned the president, but in right. our politics, generally speaking, there's no... Sun- it's funny how what's-his-face will talk about, Willie will Geist will talk about the uh, president's rhetoric, but, but you notice he's not talking about... And, and, and then he, and he says other political rhetoric. You realize, first of all, Nothing even Maxine Waters said has anything to do with what happened in Pittsburgh. Uh, Nothing that anybody has said has anything to do with what happened in Pittsburgh. This guy was a horrible person who decided to commit a horrible act that had nothing to do with any language coming out of President Trump's mouth or, for that matter, Maxine Waters' mouth. But when these guys talk about it, they'll talk about President Trump, but Willie Geis will just say other political rhetoric, which I guess means what? Hillary Clinton and and uh, and uh, Maxine Waters and Robert De Niro. I don't know, but he but he won't mention any names except for President Trump. And beginning with the president, that he's going to change his approach to politics. The no holds right. barred, going out and having his rally anyway yesterday in Illinois and doing what he does. Is this going to get better? If so, how? I don't think it gets better. I think it gets worse um, because at the end of the day, well, it has to get worse. I mean, in Chuck Todd's world. Everything has to get worse because uh, it's not going to help Democrats if it doesn't get worse. So it has to get worse. That's what these guys have been willing since the the day he was you know, President Trump was inaugurated. Everything has to be worse. President sets the tone. Uh, people will respect. He sets the tone of politics. He sets the rules of how you conduct politics. I see. Okay. So, so ask Hillary Clinton whether President Trump sets the rules because she'd never say that. So, so what, in their neat little world, in their little fantasy world, uh, in their neat little world, they, they love this idea that somehow whatever Maxine Waters says, whatever Hillary Clinton says, whatever any of these left-wing loons say or do, it's all President Trump's fault. I mean, that's, that's twisted. But that's their reality, so they like that. Whether anybody likes it or not, the per- he is the head of our, uh, our, our government, and he is the head of our political world right now. And so he's setting the rules, and, and you, just like there's the rule. I thought he wasn't credible. I thought he was just a clown. I thought this was just a clown car administration, whatever. And now suddenly President Trump is, is now the king of everything. 
physics. Every action gets an equal and opposite reaction. And so how he conducts himself is going to trickle down. And so until he changes his ways or sets a different tone, Maxine Waters will just keep on promoting civil war. Right, Chuck? Is that how it works? So if President Trump would just shut up, so would Maxine Waters. Is that the case? Maybe President Trump post uh, midterms after the Democrats are swamped again ought to conduct an experiment and just be silent for about two weeks and 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 let the uh, let the Maxine Waters of the world go ahead and take over and see how they comport themselves. Isn't going to change. So the question is going to be: Do elections matter? Right? Does the these ele- guys are these guys are really making no sense? But they're really trying to make sure. That people realize that, you know, this synagogue shooting is the president's fault, just so you all know. can have an impact on this. And I think the question that I have, and I'm sure others do, is what role does this last 72 hours play in the minds of some undecided voters? Oh, yeah. Hey, listen, let's let's hope. And, and, and what do you think Chuck Todd's hopeful answer would be in terms of undecided voters and Will Geis and the rest of the people on this show? Well, of course, they're hoping that the murders of 12 innocent Jewish people at a synagogue is going to somehow turn the tide in a midterm. It's like, how, do, how, are you even, how, are you, how are you even making that kind of calculation? Less than 12 hours after, or 24 hours after these murders, how are you even thinking in your mind that, this is a calculation. Like, you could even discuss something like this. I mean, th- that would be like one of you out there or me saying, oh, darn, this synagogue shooting is really going to hurt the chances of Republicans. It's like, can you even imagine even figuring out how that would play into an election? Or, you know, what have you? I mean, I, 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 I can't imagine even that coming out of your mouths trying to figure out, like, oh, darn it, I wish that synagogue shooting didn't happen uh, right before the midterms. But they're kind of acting like, wow, uh, this happened right before the midterms. What could, could be a that are sitting out there for us. And, and vacillating here. Do they want to send a message? Is this something, a message that they want to send out? I, I can tell you this. Poli- Wishful thinking. Every time the president... Uh, has had one of these moments where he sort of mishandled it, post-Charlottesville, things like that. He's had a dip in the polls. I will tell you, this is the, a bad nine days for the Republicans to have the president in this kind of uh, pickle. Yeah. Wow. So the president's in the pickle now, apparently. Uh, how about the families of the 12 murdered Jewish people at the synagogue? You think they're kind of in a pickle, Chad? You, you want to actually try to consider their emotions and their feelings. But instead what you do is you talk about this only in the context of a president you hate. That's what you're getting from the mainstream media, everybody. Good morning this morning. Uh, thank you for joining us. Is the show already over? For crying out loud. This thing moves fast. Or slow, depending on whether whether you uh, like the show or not. Let me get uh, let me get uh, David Byrne in here real quickly because I got I'm never ready for the end of the show. When the show end comes, I'm not prepared. Prepare yourself for the end of the show. There we go. It's 
Like, they didn't really care whether Kavanaugh was guilty or innocent. They cared whether or not they could swing a midterm. They don't care whether who these people are in the caravan. They're just fantasizing about someone from the U.S. Army shooting one of them at the border. The Monday before the election. Thank you very much to Discovery Design. Discovery Design, truck care and manufacturing. Thanks a ton for you guys. DDTruckUSA.com. Good morning, everybody. Thank you also to Golden Oak Landing, 314-567-GOLD. Rates in the threes. Get a uh, mortgage checkup if you want that. Pre-approval. It's a wonderful world. Matthew Mitchell to Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency, 855-QUOTE-ME. That's the number there. Low premiums, low deductibles, all at the same time, my friends. Santino Cigars and Cocktails. A little weekday happy hour for you? Go for it. Vogel Road and Arnold. They have your bottle. They have your cigars. You name it, they got it. Dr. Eric Deputy, DeputyWellness.com. Thank you, brother. You're the best. Congrats to your awesome baseball playing son for all of your medical needs if you don't want to be stuffed with pills. Thank you, Margaret. Love you, dear. Appreciate you. Thanks, Vicky. Thanks, Stacy. Yeah, for all your uh, needs, PTSD, ADHD, back pain, stomach ailments, Dr. DePuty will take care of it. Be good for you. Get you addicted to painkillers, that's for sure. Nutrition HQ, NHQ.rocks, thank you. Thank you, Tracy Ellis and Rick Ellis, TracyEllis.com. Appreciate all of you. Thank you, Michael Proctor. Proctor spoke like doctor. ProctorDrapery.com. Have a good rest of your day, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow morning. For Common Sense Radio with Radio Free Almond, RadioFreeAlmond.com. Have a good one, folks.